Welcome to Four Nerds Save the Universe, episode 15. The, I don't believe yeah, you. The 15? sleepy cast, because I have a humongous headache. <laughs> That's not well. sleepy. That's not what that word means. Uh, yeah, it means... Yeah, I mean, it, it can mean... It must be a really big headache. It's a pretty big headache. <laughs> I Whenever I have one of my like crazy headaches, all I want to do is just go sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's not the pain. I'm just I'm wiped. Mm-hmm. It just takes me out. I don't know. You're not, you're not saying that all you want to do is dance, dance, dance? No, God, that hurts so much. <laughs> Currently, I'm messing with the light. Response. I've decided to turn off all the lights in my room. It looks like I'm podcasting while I'm also in the middle of performing a dark ritual. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, let's, let's do what I always do and shine a bright-ass light in my face. Oh, the sacrifices I make. <laughs> A legacy of eye strain, so you can talk for two hours and do occasional visual gags. Yeah. Oh, I, I always find out visual about the gags. Eggs. I never stop doing visual gags. Constant yeah. visual gags. I definitely find out about the birdster eggs because people uh, time code every single one of them with usually the comment, what the fuck, bird? <laughs> but now people are going to be saying that at completely innocuous moments just to screw with me. <laughs> Because now that I've acknowledged it, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck, bird?" In a moment where birds just staring into space. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be Look. our new fart sprinkles. Bird, birds just. Uh, and then you realize birds doing Morse code with his eyes, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh god, this is even worse." I'm just selling. Oh I'm, my god! I'm blinking out the word torture. That's a historical reference. You're, you're actually leaking the next Peter Molyneux game. Oh god! <laughs> Through weird mar- Morse code references. I'm leaking out the source code to Frog Fractions Three. Oh my god. Yeah, there you go. That actually leads into a, a question I don't think we ever I ever answer, uh, asked on the podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we, had, we have a lot of questions. What was the question? Has anyone played Frog Fractions? <laughs> so at one point there was a, a question asking if there was a game that you... Uh, a, a game that you kind of missed the zeitgeist for, mm-hmm. but because of people talking... Because of the general, like, people talking about it and, like, the first wave of discussion passing and everything, like, it kind of spoiled the experience for you or, like, you missed the right time to play the game. Yeah. There's the um, For instances of that. Mass Effect, actually. Oh, yeah. The first one? I could see that. No, the third, actually. It took me, I want to say, five or six years to play the third Mm -hmm. one. Like, I played it... Wow. That's now, basically. After I started my YouTube channel. (laughs) Yeah, that's the. Um, so you played it for the first time last month, then? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, a year ago, mm-hmm. two years ago. It, it, two, was, it was like two or three years ago, but like it was about a year ago. It was a 2012 right? game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it came out when I was in college. College, I guess. I don't know. It took me a long time to mm-hmm. to play Mass Effect, and I um, still haven't. And I have Mass Effect three. First and second game. Well, yeah, but uh, Shell was Shell was super sick, and we needed something to play. Mm-hmm. So you played uh, Mass just, Effect for the first time, having heard for years about it, having a terrible ending and things like that. Right, basically. exactly. So, uh, Shell, like, completely checked out of me playing it, and, like, she was sick I, to I begin with, mm-hmm. but she was also just like, I don't give a shit about this game, and I was just like, but you've wanted to play about play this for years, <laughs> but so when I finally hit the ending, and admittedly this was the, like, bolstered up ending or whatever. Admittedly, I was only interested in the character cutscenes and the conversations, mm. not at all the... Running so, gun. You wanted to. So I played it without the extended ending, and then I played it with the extended ending, mm-hmm. and I had to like try to. F- I had to look up online what changed because I didn't notice. Yeah, what the differences yeah. were. <laughs> I genuinely didn't funny. notice what those several gigabytes of download oh. did to the ending. <laughs> I'm like, it, it, I don't did know I, if it no. fixed anything. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, that's a. Uh, 
I'll avoid talking about Mass Effect spoilers right now because I'm in, I'm midway through three on my channel. But okay, yeah, but that's a yeah, discussion so I, to bring up around the time Andromeda comes out. Probably <laughs> we'll do we'll do Mass Effect spoiler cast in one week. Probably. Yeah. All right, sounds good. That is a trilogy uh, that can be talked about. Uh, in fact, yes. uh, one of my roommates is somebody that I I will on a regular basis. Well, once every few months or so, we'll suddenly just sit, just sit down and find ourselves like two hours into a Mass Effect discussion mm-hmm. because of how but, much there is to discuss in those games. Right. <laughs> it's but terrifying. I feel like I need to kind of reference, uh, finish my point. Finishing uh, Mass Effect three after hearing for years that it sucked. From mm-hmm. well, yeah, I mean, I knew people on the dev team mm-hmm. that were like, they were interns there when they were making that game, and. Uh, just seeing like my my frat uh, group more or less turn on these guys for how bad it was, <laughs> and just like this like constant uh, kind of reminder for quite a couple of months mm-hmm. that you know this was uh, uh, this was a thing effectively, mm-hmm. and finally getting to that point myself, and then just kind of being dead inside before it happens because i know it's coming and like i already kind of checked out like once you once you hit that final mission because there's so much grind in mass effect 3 as well like you Mm -hmm. gotta you gotta get your galactic readiness up so that you can actually do the ending so you know so on and so forth and um our poor femship there was nothing necessarily wrong with that but like uh there's one thing very wrong with it which is the the galactic readiness percentage Hmm. yeah the part yeah, where that like, was you have the to, issue you have to buff me. up that percentage by playing a multiplayer or a stupid Facebook game. Are you that's, kidding? That's, yeah. That part's very oh, wrong. You that's do. right. I forgot <laughs> you can, about that. Okay, so yeah. you, can actually, uh, you can actually get the requisite galactic readiness single player mm-hmm. without any of that bullshit. Yeah, but you, but you have can't to increase the percentage. Well, yeah, you can just get up to the like bare minimum to get the good endings or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a thing where you have but, to brute force your way to a certain total that's so high that it's double what you normally would require because you're still sitting at 50% on the multiplier. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's mean. Um, I have a but, so, friend. Like, we yeah. managed to do that, but by the time I hit that point, because I couldn't do multiplayer, mm. um, I was just like, I'm so done with this game already, <laughs> and now now I'm getting the bat, well, the shitty ending, because that's the only ending there is. Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> The secret is that all the endings are bad. Yeah, you pretty much. You like, <laughs> to get a slightly less bad, bad ending. <laughs> Especially because, for me, I really liked the one ending that is absolutely not canon, no matter, no matter what, because, like, well, yeah, it was well, too weird and sci-fi-y. The one... Like is is that the canon ending or is it not? Because is is we that, don't we don't know what the canon the ending is going to be. It is that they're just sidestepping it mm. because Andromeda yeah. is a side is a spinoff. Mm-hmm. They're like instead of continuing forward in the timeline, we're going to have a group of people that left to a different galaxy entirely before the events of Mass Effect Three. Wait, to be oh, fair, left before? probably their best, oh, yes. really? best strategy they could go with. That's what I've honestly. heard at least is that Mass Effect in well, fact, Andromeda is a group influenced. of people that left exactly. before Three ever happened. Oh, see, so I thought it was three, like the, uh... It, well, good, good so call. It's like, <laughs> the events of 3 may have happened by mm-hmm. now, but no one would have... It's likely that no one knows about it, because they're in completely in a different galaxy now. Which see, no one's ever been in I was under the impression that this was, like, way later and the relays were failing or mm-hmm. something like that. No, 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 I told you that okay. they, they had left before. Oh, that's interesting. No, I think that's or a really the, good strategy. Really old expedition. Just, no, it, just it makes screw sense. Screw it. We're not going to touch that actually, pile. <laughs> just, like, walk away I'm from it. I'm curious about it because I still haven't looked into it at all, really, so I'm wondering, you know, like, yeah. 
If it's a different galaxy entirely, does that mean that there's no Reapers ever? Were the Reapers uh, never in the other Were they just Milky Way? I don't know. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so that's the, an the, interesting question. Like, were the, were the Mass Effect relays only the Milky Way, and were the Reapers only the Milky Way? And could there be other galaxies throughout all of the multiverse or whatever? That's the, I mean, the universe that have completely, <laughs> oh. completely yeah. different states of being with none of those problems, or completely different problems? Are we just going to get alternate time Reapers? For Keith. The boss is still the Reapers. Yeah, it's just like a plot over what again. We just get they're... Reapers with mustaches. <laughs> it's the right, uh, how many how many fingers do the Reapers have? Five, like three or four. They're like, they're, like they you... look like Master Hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like how many little fingers do they have? It's like I four, they have like six to eight. I don't know. Yeah, it's like three fingers and a, th a thumb looking thing on the other side. Yeah. Watch yeah. them have like two fingers this time. <laughs> They're and they're blue now. Re recolors. <laughs> well, no, weren't they like kind of a gray blue? So these are red. It's just like yeah. uh... <laughs> they're Turian Reapers. I had a friend who is probably the most milk toast, uninteresting, boring person I've ever met in my life. And I remember what you were saying about Mass Effect Three, but the fact that you have to do multiplayer or Facebook to do it, like get the good <laughs> ending. He's also a big fan of uh, Mass Effect. So he just posts this Facebook status uh, on the day Mass Effect 3 launches where he's just like, I guess I'm literally never beating this game because it requires multiplayer and I don't have friends. <laughs> and I, like this is like all of his statuses. The dude legit, at least he knows himself pretty well in this instance. But like he like I was just like, ouch, man. That's Surprisingly, like the, the multiplayer is actually fun. Say. Yeah. I was it actually going to offer shouldn't affect if, the single player. I, I was actually going to offer if you want to do the multiplayer so that you don't have to grind the mobile game, I'd actually be interested because mm. I've been wanting to play it for ages, but I know I knew nobody would ever want to play it with me, so I always was just like, eh. I just did matchmaking. It it oh, okay. it's not particularly interesting, uh, but it's just engage. It's just kind of fun because mm -hmm. it has the Mass Effect three combat, which was the first, which is relatively like high level combat for that trilogy like it actually more or less worked well and was kind of fun to do <laughs> Unlike and had a decent variety of games. enemies and attacks and everything mm -hmm. so do, doing that in a like Gears of War style horde mode is mm -hmm. kind of fun because the only multiplayer is a co-op horde mode type thing mm -hmm. where you just fight waves of enemies of increasing difficulty and last as long as you can and then get rewards all the way down to being able to prestige mm -hmm. so playing the mode in itself increases your galactic readiness percentage which is your multiplier and your war assets but then also if you max out a character and prestige them and reset them you also add a permanent war set war asset to all of your playthroughs which is that character <laughs> it's like you're like adding a specter basically to your your forces <laughs> so this is the nice uh pre mass effect spoiler cast spoiler cast i guess <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me the uh, things being the thing being spoiled is a uh, it has to be frog fractions too. Oh uh, yeah, you, the second one. Or you what? hear about frog fractions and everyone's like, "What's this weird thing?" And like, even if you're getting some buzz about what might be weird about the thing mm -hmm. or and what's what makes it interesting, like generally you don't know what you're getting when you go into frog fractions, even if you've kind of heard a little buzz about it. Yeah, but once you've heard about frog fractions and played frog fractions, and you know what it is and what you're getting into. Then when Frog Fractions 2 comes out, the only way to be surprised is to find it before you find out it's Frog Fractions 2. Because mm -hmm. they put out Glittermitten Grove, and and it was out for a little while. And, then and if you were lucky enough there. to... Yep. Yeah, if you were lucky enough to encounter Frog Fractions 2 before you knew it was Frog Fractions 2, you got the magic all over again. Yeah. But if you didn't do that, then you're just stuck with this experience of... Uh, 
like, it's still cool, because Frog Fractions is cool, but you can't have the experience of being surprised by it, because yeah. you already knew exactly what was going to happen. <clears throat> That's kind of true of a lot of ARGs, but yeah, the Frog Fractions 2 ARG was particularly awesome. With... Hey, did we talk about that yet on this podcast? The fact that our, our the IARG that we talked about a long time ago, like in one of the first, I like the second episode? I mentioned that to somebody else. Yeah, we never actually followed up the... on it. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I don't know who I was talking to. I think I was talking to Stainless, who had played Frog Fractions, and he uh, he just did not give a damn, and it was such a weird, like, experience, because you two are always just like, Frog Fractions, Frog Fractions, Frog Fractions, Frog Fractions, <laughs> and trying to talk to somebody else about it, and, you know, admittedly, I've never played it myself, so that kind of yeah. screws that up, too, yeah, but tried. it's just trying to, trying to talk to somebody else now, that's played Frog Fractions. Can someone clarify for me? Is it Frog... Fraction? Wait, is it frog fractions? Frog fractions. 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 Like, like the math. mathematical. Okay, math. yes. Like a learning Precisely. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because for I, I don't know if it was when you were doing your like speed frog fractions, frog fractions. I was like, <laughs> wait, frog factions? And I'm just imagining you know frogs donning armor and you know going headlong into battle. Frog civil war. Like that, <laughs> like that series of cat novels. Oh, Redwall. Yeah. My, bro- my brother had all of those. The warriors. The warriors. The warriors. Oh. Yeah. Come out to play. But Redwall, Redwall. I don't know if Redwall had frogs. Did no, they didn't have, have frogs. Have uh, no, they did have a frog. They also did have a cat. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, I don't remember the cat. They're super rare. For the most part, it was the same races over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, they'd add, like, one bonus race that everybody's like, what? Well, I just remember that snakes, like... Yeah, there was the snake. Snake, yep. but, but they're not so much sentient. They, they're more like monsters. The cat could talk, but it was also huge. Yeah, so, it was, like, full-sized cat, which is... Yeah, so stainless... But also uh, not... Convinced uh, Housey yeah. to play Frog Faction. Frog, damn it, Frog Fractions. Uh, like two <laughs> no, and I watched her play it, and I was like, I didn't realize it was possible to not have fun while playing this. But I'm watching somebody just be <laughs> miserable. Oh my god! So, for, uh, so she gets to the part of the game. I assume everyone's played it, or doesn't mind nope. if I talk about nope. it. Still haven't. Do not talk about Frog Fractions. Yeah, do not talk about it. She just managed to. Stop. Okay. <laughs> She managed to play it. I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to get serious Wander way to play it because he still won't. Yeah, she she managed to play it like in such like a serious manner that like it totally was like <laughs> wow. <laughs> you realize so far the farthest I've gotten is I've gotten anyway. Wonder to launch it on a stream and then immediately close it and leave. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened Did so you? far. Yes, yeah. you've launched Frog Fractions on the stream and then immediately yeah, you're like eh. you said I'll check this out you later left. and then that was like seven yeah. months ago. Uh, I think it was longer than that. It was probably like quite some time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while. But yeah, there's inherently a ride that is Frog Fractions, and it's and not knowing what you're getting into is as part of that ride. Mm -hmm. And you inherently know what Frog Fractions is kind of uh, too is kind of going to do by the time if you know that it is Frog Fractions too. Right. So just the inherent part of hearing about it via uh, gaming websites. Uh-huh. spoils the idea of it, but also how was I ever going to find out about the game without knowing it was Frog Fractions 2? So it's right. like a super... I don't I don't know how to... I don't know how that could have been handled It was a little bit of magic experience by only like four people. Yeah, exactly. So what was the I, uh, uh, ARG thing? Was that for Frog Fractions? 
Yes. That was a series of weird glyphs that wow. went to a weird decoder thing that all came together to point out that Frog Fractions was in Glitter Mitten Gl- Grove. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they tapped, <laughs> yeah. like, 14 games to do it. Though, yes. they, didn't, they didn't release oh, Glitter Mitten Grove until later, though. Like... Did they release Glitter Mitten Grove? It was before the moment people solved the arg. No, no, Glitter Mitten Grove had been out for like a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. What happened? It was in there the whole Grove time. Was out, but I, I think that the, I think the actual access to Frog Fractions wasn't there until someone solved the arg. Right. Somebody solved it, and then they got it immediately, and then everybody else basically got it like a full release okay, of it or something that's like cool. that. Yeah, it is cool. I, I was but... just thinking. It, yeah, they even had been... patch notes to the game that had that uh, included the words "fraction" in there, hidden away without still without acknowledging actual frog fractions in the mm-hmm. patch notes. I was just gonna say it'd be uh, it'd be pretty damn classy in a way uh, to like have a full game made waiting for somebody to find this secret. Uh, yeah, because they'd already kickstarted it. Oh, no, like, that, it that is been... what it was. I think the source code was in it. Well. well yeah, it's just my point is, like, if they had made Glitter Mitten Grove and waited until people found and solved the arc to even release that game. Oh, that would have been kind uh, of neat. Because, <laughs> like, I, I'm just imagining being this developer, you know, people have already paid for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you're just sitting there waiting for possibly years for somebody <laughs> to s- solve this puzzle with this game ready and raring <laughs> to go. Just for somebody, just for these people to like lose their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be really it's funny. It's such a weird experience but... where you you have to give away the spoiler at some point right. where the game exists and where it is because you just have to sort of like yeah people have to play it eventually <laughs> yeah like at some point you just have to like fulfill the promise of the game yeah. existing <laughs> yeah. to the people that paid for it. <laughs> it's such a uh, weird what, concept. What game are we talking about? Frog Fractions. I will yeah. play it at some the point. One. At some point, you say it's that free. If you're listening to this conversation and you you like weird things, just go play it. Mm-hmm. You just type Frog Fractions into your browser and you'll get to like the Twin Beards website. And then you're playing it because it's, it's a Flash game that's free. And then its sequel is it exists. So if you like the game a whole lot, you can pay for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> if you want free. more of the game, I have very good well, news for you. If you want less of the game, I have terrible news for you. <laughs> Glitter Mitten Grove was actually like good beyond frog fractions yeah, right it, it was kind of an average indie title okay it was very CCT, grove, right we were very entertained by glittermitten grove but it was kind of clear that once you get to the part where you're accessing frog fractions 2 inside of it there's not a whole lot of the game left to play anymore yeah so it's like it's okay. enough to be an effective facade of a neat game but mm-hmm. if you wanted to just ignore frog fractions and keep playing it uh, it not probably wouldn't have much to do. Right. Yeah. We played for about two hours just in, gl- in Glittermitten Grove. <laughs> we just kept oh, going. What's interesting is that's kind of a Bay, er- but a Bay Area video game story that's kind of neat because it's all local stuff. Like, uh, it's a game de- developed by a local developer, and it's 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 primary hype as far as I can tell came from Giant Bomb discovering it, which is a oh, San neat. Francisco uh, like game website. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to top things off and make it weird, right after we played Frog Fractions on Sad Games, like, four years ago, uh, Joe and Andrew went to a Siftio GameCube uh, game jam where they were going to try to make uh, games for this little weird uh, peripheral. Andrew has game dev skills? Yeah. What does he do? Some, at least. They've technically made a game. They made Yu-Gi-Oh! Rock, Paper, Scissors on the little Siftio cubes where you would, like, mash the cubes together 
and they oh, would yeah, do a rock paper scissors with things. them. And uh, yeah. no, what was weird though is that when they went to the game jam, they carpooled with Twinbeard. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> they carpooled with the guy that made Frog Fractions shortly after they had just played Frog Fractions. I'm like, that's the word. The world's weird and tiny, and I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. But the, but that was the well, thing. Silicon happened. Valley's tiny for sure. Yeah. But just San Francisco I, game dev is just such a small scene. I have to say, though, I'm Wait, really... what do you mean? I mean, it's a huge but also small scene. It depends. But okay. I just want to say I'm really impressed that it's, they managed to get all these other indie games to fit the ARG in. Yeah. Because you don't really hear about that that often. There's, like, there's every once in a while, like, there's, like, a, a game that has a reference character and, like, there's nods here and there. Mm. But very rarely do you see indie devs, like, working together in that kind of, like, insane manner and i have to say that's like really cool to me yeah well i bet that um it, it seems like twin beard probably just like knew everything that he wanted to do to make it all happen and he just said like here you do these three things and just like handed them the files that's probably a lot easier yeah. than trying to like collaborate well, yeah. with other but people but like but still trying to get that to show up yep. into i was actually uh i was watching a, a let's player Mm -hmm. uh, for a stream event like a year ago uh, or something like that when we were first talking about the ARG. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I understood what you guys were talking about is because this streamer had ran into one of the pieces of the ARG uh -huh. in their pu in the puzzle game they were playing. I don't know which one it was because yeah. like, I'd never seen it weird. before. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they thought it was part of the game. They were they spent an hour trying to figure it out and I was sitting there just laughing my head off. Oh, really? That's funny. You guys had uh -huh. just mentioned it and they were stuck in the game so they find the ARG and they're like, I can't where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do with this? And they were having what if like, they a ended fit. up like from that going all the way and like finding frog fractions too? That would have That'd been incredible. Be <laughs> they just stop the game and they're just like, okay, I guess we got to go on to this next one. And they just mm -hmm. like follow the path and they never go back to the original game. I'd be okay with that. That would be incredible. That'd be funny. Yeah. So yeah. So, Bird, did, that... did you did you have an example for the question? I don't remember. Oh, what was the question? Game zeitgeist or something uh, like that? That you totally just missed. Yeah, it's like the idea of like missing the initial wave somehow, kind of spoiling the experience of finally playing it in a way. Oh, like that yeah, also basically happened know. to me for System Shock Two because it's just Bioshock. Yeah, that's definitely one that can easily get spoiled. Uh, I probably have some somebody's, ones. Somebody's think pretty somebody's hard remaking about it. the first one, right? Oh um, yeah, that's right. They are rebooting it, aren't they? Yeah, I think System I, Shock One and Two Enhanced Edition are both already on Steam. No, 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 no! Like no, a straight remake. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, that's confusing because yeah. they already re-released it just yeah. recently. System well, Shock by Nightdive Studios just got kickstarted. Yeah, huh. so they're um. Uh, what they're doing is their goal. first one. Yeah, and this Kickstarter ended. It looks like I can't tell, but a while ago. Yeah, I I think they're just remaking the first one entirely. Yep. And if that does well, they'll probably remake the second. Mm -hmm. It yeah, looks like System that Shock got 2 is, is very. System Shock Two is like super neat mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. In particular, like it's really interesting that you can like you can pick up other people's weapons and pull the ammo out of them. Yeah, like physically remove the ammo from their guns that are discarded and put that in your gun. It's like oh cool. Like you can unload guns. That, that would have been <laughs> useful in a few parts of Resident Evil Seven. But they when they made Bioshock, they made the same story. Yeah, all the that's way down to the twist. Pretty true, isn't it? <laughs> so, like, going back to System Shock and playing it for the first time, I'm like, "Huh, this is this is Bioshock." And then the twist happens. I'm like, "Yep, that's, yeah. this is Bioshock." <laughs> that's kind of a shame, but eh. it, it is. 
Do you have anything come to mind, Bird? No. Um, I'm trying to think. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess. I'm actually... uh, yeah. Um. Oh, I, I was just thinking things over, but if you have something formulated, you can say it. I feel like Fight. I should. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you want more time, I can say mine, I think. Yeah, go for it. Go for but it. But it's things that we've already gone over in a way. Mm. So, growing up, uh, I it was interesting. A lot of my male friends had Xboxes, so uh-huh. they had, you know, all the Halo series and such. Uh, my female friends had PlayStations, so they all had Final Fantasies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then my family and a couple other families usually had a Nintendo on the side. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was it was odd. If I wanted to experience the other platform games, I had to go to my friends' houses and usually play multiplayer, watch over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I, it, I really only experienced Nintendo games. So thinking about it, I, I did go through all of Halo mm-hmm. with Wander finally. So that was fine. And nothing was really spoiled for me because I just played multiplayer with it before. But I think I've, I've definitely spoiled a lot of Final Fantasy games for me. And I also don't know how I'd be able to handle the... Uh, JRPG. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is the fight club of video games and that everybody <laughs> knows what the twist is. True, true. That's that's the thing. I actually don't. Yeah, that's one of the few games oh, really? I, I, I will admit. I I've played it. And I I don't know. I've played it. I've played the played the prequel. I don't know what the twist is. Well, not the twist, but I mean like the climactic sad thing. Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is spoiled for one hundred percent of all people mm-hmm. forever. Do, 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 <laughs> I, I, do, it's even spoiled do, do, by yeah. Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> right. So a lot of yeah, a lot of Final Fantasy has been spoiled for me, but that's probably because of my own doing. Uh, my friends being all like, "Wait, we love Final Fantasy and its characters." So I'm like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna watch cutscenes on YouTube." So yeah, that spoils it. Wow. For me yeah, there. that would spoil it. <laughs> To be fair, that's uh, yeah, probably you, you the most interesting part of those games. So you're not really there are that, Final Fantasy games where you're, you're where you're eventually better off giving up and watching the rest on on the internet instead of playing. Yeah, anymore. true, well, true. What I hit was that, it? I hit that point Final personally with thirteen. Yeah. Be condensed into like a several hour it, film. Thirteen to fifteen hour film. Jesus, oh, man. it was wow. It was really long. Uh-huh. Yeah, there were so many cutscenes. Uh-huh. Yeah, with so little story. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, favorite, my favorite, in just terms of the like extraordinarily long cutscenes, is still Metal Gear Solid's like finale, which is two hours long, yeah. and you're barely playing it apart from a fist fight. Yeah, and I oh, suppose yeah, my other there's games. There's definitely a part of a uh, Final Fan- of a uh, Metal Gear Four where you're on like the ship and people are having conferences and stuff, and you mm-hmm. basically spend an entire ninety minutes not pressing a single yes. button. To the point where if you're not playing around with the camera, tiny amounts of camera control you get to screw around with, the game will actually start, like, mm-hmm. risking going to sleep on you and things. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I was... I, I actually have never played a Metal Gear Solid game, and so my only experience was a Let's Play. Mm. And one of the episodes was suddenly 90 minutes long, and I'm like, why is it 90 minutes long? <laughs> and I scroll down to the description and it says... There's, no gameplay happens in this one, so we, I just recorded the cutscene. <laughs> and then just... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was if, like, you, if you're someone who tries not to talk forward. during cutscene, Telltale games and Metal Gear games will put you to the test. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Well, these guys actually did great uh, during um, during cutscene commentary, mm. but I think they're like the only ones. 
Yeah, yeah if, I ever, so, if I ever get around to Metal Gear Solid 4 on the channel, I'd have to just expend my... I'd, I'd just have to avoid my own rule, because I'm like, no, I need to I need to talk about stuff while it's happening, because otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's just watching... I'm just uploading somebody else's work, basically, <laughs> for, for an hour and a half. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I remember that a lot of old YouTube channels were just, hey, look at the cutscenes of this game condensed into a video or two. Oh, oh that yeah. still happens. Yes. If, you, if any game ever comes out and you want to know what happens in it, you just type that game, the movie, mm-hmm. and you get all the cutscenes. <laughs> in one video mm-hmm. so that's that, that, what they call it now yeah that's consistently okay. still a thing people upload it's just or not, not the best no way to play commentary. the game also the edits are oh, all over the place the game yeah yeah the edits are su- are super all over the place now because it used to be that games were just cutscenes and just gameplay binary mm-hmm. like a binary divide but nowadays mm-hmm. so much so much uh dialogue happens during gameplay and stuff like that that Every, you you'll, you'll have like 17 different completely different duration edits of from different people of what they think the movie version of a game is because they, everyone's trying to figure out what to include hmm. it gets yeah, messy so, fast yeah so my spoiled games are pretty much anything on a system that I didn't but have like, it's not but... spoiled games it's like a specific I think hmm. you kind of missed the point of the okay, question fine. though what is it a game that I can't go back and play because well it, the game where it's specifically ruined because people spoiled it like with oh. Halo it's not that Halo was ruined because it had been spoiled for you that's what you, you just mean. you didn't have quite the same experience whereas like uh, then I'd have to say Mass Effect yeah it's like okay. it's like some element of something that everyone's talking about and not necessarily spoiling the story but like just something about the impact being lost like like spec ops the line can never have the right impact for people nowadays because everyone right. knows what happens in it and if they don't know what happens in it they won't hear about the game in the first place to play it anyway now yeah yep there was like a yeah, one I, I week just... period where people might have bought it in stores not knowing what was happening in that game but now everyone knows exactly what spec ops is or ha- or will never know ever <laughs> or the end of modern warfare or undertale yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, for people oh, watching, actually, that's a that's a good one. Undertale um, genocide mode was oh, ruined so hard on my ruined end. for you. It was yeah. painful to I, watch like, how I'm, much it got I'm, ruined for you. <laughs> I'm actually still kind of like pissy about it, and it's why I like react really negatively to backseat gaming now. Mm-hmm. Uh, effectively, I started doing my genocide run, and people are like, "By the way, there's like a secret thing. If you go over here and do this." They're and just like, do whatever. every single thing. I still haven't yeah. done genocide. Well, see, like, I was down for it because I was like, oh, yeah, let's just go through and find well, all that, like, secret shit that I everything that would happen, too. Oh, yeah. Like, like how you had that one asshole that was trying to spoil Journey for you somehow. <laughs> like, you the whole time you're playing Journey, there's somebody in chat just explaining what was going to happen next the entire <laughs> time. And I'm like, what are you, yeah. what are you doing with your life, dude? What are you, why are you doing this? I don't understand your brain. For a game so brain. short, you could probably memorize it. Yeah, well, with with Journey, I just I think I tuned him out, but I think yeah. I was also like so there totally was, engrossed in the game. There was no re- it, it there was, was no fine. reason to read chat during that game, but I was just right. baffled yeah. by that person's behavior. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what was this? What was the other thing? I actually had uh, I had somebody like uh, I was doing a puzzle. This was like two weeks ago in Digimon. I was doing a puzzle and they just <clears> gave me the answer. I was just like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, That's why I've like got a policy. Cause I, I have a dedicated puzzle game slot now in my schedule, uh-huh. and when I, I just don't read the comments most of the time the, for those games because people will literally just say what to do next, yeah, as like they're a walkthrough. Yep. And I'm like, yep. what do you think? 
They'll be like, Why good job giving me that, that puzzle. Now, here's what you need to do. You need to pull the third switch in the next room. Oh, yeah. I, so I have people doing that in Dragon Quest Builders because I ranked fairly high on that one. Uh-huh. And so, like, I have people... I've pretty much ended that series. Like, technically, I could go back to it, but it's just me dicking around in sandbox mode. Yeah. But, like, uh, I have somebody... Every episode, he leaves a new, like... Mm-hmm. Okay, here's where you go to get this thing, and I'm like, this was filmed back in like October. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I had a few people go through my witness playthrough and, and give me instructions throughout the entire thing, even though it's a it's a 50 part series ending with an episode called 100 completion. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty gold right there. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about this before. For me, where the impact was ruined. Uh, this is kind of an interesting one, um, but the original Mario Kart on the SNES, because huh. I played uh, Mario Kart 64 before I played Mario Kart on the SNES, so mm. I was like, that's like in my mind what Mario Kart was, and then I went to visit a friend, and they didn't own an N64, but I was, but they were like, what do you want to do? And I play video games. And they're like, cool, you want to play Mario Kart? And I was like, yes! Boy, howdy, I do. And he pulls out an <laughs> SNES, and I'm like, I'm still with this idea. I'm, and then we, I'm 12, and what is this? <laughs> yeah. Then we loaded up the original SNES Mario Kart, and I was like, <laughs> oh. It took me 20 years to find out that game exists. Yeah, because, because I also like, thought that the, the that sixty four was genuinely the first one because it blows the now, SNES one out of the water. Now, was it at all similar to the ones that you would have on the Atari when it comes to like you know driving forward on a track, or do you have to drive? So it was pre three D more or less. So yeah. your character mm-hmm. it was like Doom, where your character is a two dimensional model in the middle of the screen, right. and mm-hmm. you're and you're driving around on like a board game. Yeah, like, like the it's a 3D world, flat. but everything is on one like plane. Yeah, including like the, the, the first Mario Kart looks like it's inspired by those carpets that look like a city street <laughs> that you have in like That's daycares. Exactly the best way to describe it. Yeah, really. The, yeah, the whole game looks like that. It's completely flat. Like there are walls you can bump into, but you can't. They they have like no. They don't like, stick up to them. <laughs> They're just like stickers. Yeah, it's like mm. road rash. Except mm-hmm. road rash had trees. Yeah. So there's no there's no side of things sticking up for the most part either. Yeah, it totally just looks like one of those carpets. <laughs> Road Rash. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to see that game the same way now. Road Rash was a cool <laughs> game. I I never played it as a kid, but I would watch like my older siblings and friends and all those people. They played it and uh I don't know why I said siblings. I have one older brother, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> So, like, I would watch, like, my brother and, like, his friends play Road Rash, and I'd be like, that's so cool! And then I would play Road Rash and immediately just, like, crash onto the ground and, like, be like, you lose! <laughs> I'm like, I... I'm gonna go back to playing Mario. That's how I felt recently, because I've been playing Yakuza 0, and it has a uh-huh. Sega arcade in it, because it's a Sega game, and Sega games like to have other Sega games. Mm-hmm. So you go into the arcade, yeah. and you play you play OutRun, and I'm like, I don't understand how to play this game. Mm-hmm. I genuinely can't tell how you play OutRun. Like, I just drove for a while, and I'm like, I, I guess I'm doing all right, mm-hmm. I'm going fast, and then it's like, you lose. I'm like, what? What happened? Was I in a, was I in a place? Was I racing? Was I going somewhere? Did I run out of time? Wait, I don't know a, what I don't know what the mechanics of the game were. I, if it's I something tell, like so. outrun, then you have to outrun something. I don't no, know. It, you I, don't actually do that in that game. It's really weird. Really? No. 
Like, I got to the end and lost, and then it said, then I saw a map of a bunch of, like, weird city blocks, and I'm like, I don't understand what that, what that map is, <laughs> but I, that, but it charted my course. I'm like, I was going, I was taking a course? <laughs> is this, I was making decisions? Like, what's going on in this game? There was a period of arcade games where you just had to guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, what you had to do is read the manual. But it was an arcade <laughs> Talk game. Talk about all shit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I guess technically arcade games, especially back then, technically had a manual well, printed around the screen. Yeah, they'd be printed around the screen, or you would just like you would like wait on the menu, and then yeah. like text would like come up a couple seconds later that would be like yeah. in the year nineteen twenty XDX. There yeah, was I a remember, man. I remember, <laughs> I remember I'd find there like was a, a dragon man. <laughs> I'd go to a place and find like a Street Fighter Two Turbo machine, mm-hmm. and it would have. Uh, it would have like a badly drawn picture of Ryu on the side mm-hmm. next to the screen that had like move sets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like technically, I guess they did have a manual in a way. Yeah, it's just that's kind of weird. To super think non-ideal. <laughs> I think it's really funny voice acting in games uh, where the character there's like a, a tutorial and another character is explaining to your character how to perform various tasks, and it's like use your sword with B. And, uh-huh. you know, it's just like, uh, what? Yeah, I, it would just honestly, I hate, I hate tutorialization, mm-hmm. honestly. You can it's find Meryl's code on, on, on a codec code on the back of your manual. Well, like, I've been playing Hollow Knight this past couple days, uh-huh. and it's just been such a, um, it's been such a, like, kind of beautiful experience of, like, there's, there's no tutorialization, it's just like, here you are, go. Mm. And it's such a refreshing experience as opposed to, like, what were we playing recently, Shell, where one of the characters starts doing, like, uh, tutorial dialogue, like, in the middle of story Uh stuff. It's like, here's how you do this thing, and it's just like, I don't care. Midna was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whenever, like, uh, in Legend of Zelda, whenever any of the characters would, like, do tutorial stuff, I'm just like, just... Just don't read that. Mm. I, I know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know how to play and just give me a button prompt when I mean, it's relevant. I think the I don't first know if we couple times I'll figure before, it out. But that's part of, that was the part that's why I never finished and never really got into any 3D Zeldas. Mm. Yeah. because there's uh, so much there's tutorial. Like 15 minutes. Like, no, it's like an hour of tutorial, no, it's honestly. Hours. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is true of every Nintendo game with maybe yeah. the exception it's still, of... Um, it's still true for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just a nightmare only... of like really slow hand-holding, patronizing mm-hmm. dialogue for as long oh, as possible. Oh, Metroid's not like that at all. I, I think the Metroid only fine. game where um... I feel like Yellow just kind of threw you out into a field and was like, "Try not to get killed, kid." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the the original fo- uh, the original six or so mm-hmm. were pretty anti-tutorial, uh, except for uh... so why well, did they lose confidence? That guy demonstrate. Uh, because they I mean, got popular. Yeah, but, but they, they, they even tell them, like, I don't want to see how to catch Pokemon. Ah, you could, like, skip true. it. They were so mega popular back then, it's hard to think that they reached a level of popularity that needed to be more mm-hmm. handholdy well, later. Well, so here's the thing, though. Um, I wish there are, I'm an experienced Pokemaster. All of, yeah. all of the, uh, all of the yeah, first two really. generations had come out before they got quote-unquote popular. Because mm-hmm. they'd been out in Japan for a while. Uh, like it took several years for gold so and silver to make it to the ruined US. Every- <laughs> to some it's degree, yeah. It's all the stupid so Americans. The rest of the world gets the game, goes bananas for it, and they're like, "Oh shit, this might be too hard for them." Let's 
actually start getting handled. <laughs> they over always your hand do holder. that. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> they did that with um, Mario. They did that with well, Pokemon. Sort of. It's not Pokemon. as bad with Mario. Mario has always been kind of like, here's how to jump. All right, we're done. <laughs> yeah. No, you no, I don't mean about tutorialization. I mean like neutering the gameplay to be easier for Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, What's the most mechanically complicated of... game in the series? That wouldn't it be like Sunshine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sunshine that's, that's had tutorialization though, really bad. Yeah, I guess it probably did. All sort those new of. mechanics it, to it deal with. It had tutorialization like hard in the beginning, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why I never really liked playing it. Never did a series on it because it was just a little bit too. Too handholdy, uh -huh. and then it uh, then it lets lets loose, and it's just like, by the way, this game's hard as shit, and I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm I'm not adequately prepared for this, and you tried somewhat, you get, you get which to, is you weird. get to the pachinko machine level, and yeah. you just quit life. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, at this point, I'm just satisfied to have watched that let's play instead because I think that was more enjoyable <laughs> than playing it That's, myself. Even though, like, I have that was to say, my favorite one growing up. Absolutely. Like I've only I've I've played Galaxy One and Two. I've watched Sunshine. I've watched and played bits of sixty four. And I have to say, Sunshine probably is the best looking one slash best one. It's just a matter of Sunshine is pretty amazing. People when it so came out as a kid, screw up three D platformers. That it's impressive how good that game is. Yeah. Yeah. When when that Sunshine came out as a kid, I thought to myself, like, this is going to be this. I, I had no interest in playing that game. I was like, this is the stupidest thing. You're Mario, but you got, like, a, a hose? That's yeah. dumb. <laughs> Janitor Mario. The one, the one thing I will say about that, though, is they totally missed the bus on the controls. Like, that might have actually been the only uh, game that would have actually been better with the uh, Wii U yeah. or the Wii, like... Oh, motion controls yeah yeah because really. aiming aiming with the control stick in that way was so painful because it wasn't mm -hmm. a third person shooter like if i remember right to fire flood accurately you had to stop moving entirely yeah. the, uh, and that was the 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 game was controller the in general system. was like kind of horrible it was like yeah. they were they asked mad cats to design their official controller i actually liked the gamecube controller i thought it was really comfortable fucking where it's so. I mean, fun. It's, it's a step. It's a step up from sixty four. Yeah, yeah, that's part that's of it. True. <laughs> Makes a whole lot more sense than that controller did. <laughs> I think Nintendo just wants to never have a, a formula. Yeah, right. speaking, like every time they design of... something, they just sort of like make splotches on a map. Oh yeah, and yeah. Figure out if your hand fits or not. Speaking uh, of controllers, up? I was actually looking at the Switch because I was intrigued by the prospect of using the one hand controller and the other hand controller as two separate mm -hmm. mini controllers for people to play multiplayer with. And I realized that because of the asymmetry, one person has to reach so much farther across. To yeah, get if to you the guys haven't looked at the the uh, Switch controllers the buttons, yet, the other person has a disadvantage. It, it works perfectly for doing kind of the Wii nunchuck thing where you have like. You know, one in both, uh, one in each hand. But like, mm -hmm. if there's a point where you have to share the controller with, like, one controller on one person, one controller for the other, it's like a nightmare situation because somebody has to reach their thumb like mm -hmm. way out of ergonomic position just to just to um, reach the Maybe thumbstick. Maybe in Japan and it's just they like, have longer thumbs. <laughs> I think that's false. Uh, I doubt. Yeah, well, somehow. Well, we have to actually wait to have one in our hands. Well, you had one in your hand, didn't you, or no? No, I had their pro controller, which was. Very comfortable. Okay, so that was the pro controller, but it wasn't the Switch itself. You see, I can't tell when. I mean, whenever you they don't have hold the, the Switch to play the Switch. 
You don't hold oh, you the can. switch to play the switch. Right, right. Oh yeah, I'm I guess you can. About the, right. The individual oh god. Yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that for grinding and stuff. Like that's what I liked about the Wii, but uh, in uh, the future, or not, not the Wii. The audience Wii U. members of Wonderbot in the future, whenever whenever he plays a Switch <laughs> game, just consider the fact that he's also played that game when he's pooping. No, <laughs> in bed. I have, I have, I've never actually played anything. Uh, don't steal my phone. I'm on my phone when I'm pooping, <laughs> but I've never, I've never touched a game console in any way, shape, or form while pooping. Because I'm always afraid I'm going to drop it in the toilet because uh -huh. they're bigger and more unwieldy. And nah, I dropped I'm a. Uh, I'm picturing Wander like putting a TV and like his PlayStation 4 <laughs> on a cart and just wheeling it in and being like, I'm not coming out for three hours. Don't oh, knock. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, time for like, some heavy lifting. Like the old men with their newspapers. Childhood trauma time. I dropped a stuffed animal in a toilet <laughs> when I was really young. So, like, I'm always super, like, super. I don't want anything to do with, like, precious things mm -hmm. and bathrooms. So, like, I've always been, like, super leery <laughs> about that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. The, the worst situation you can be in is if you put something in your rear pocket and you have to pull your pants down for the toilet and. Yeah. Oh no! It, it, something something can plop into the toilet. Have you been losing but things it, in the toilet? <laughs> no, no, I never have. But I think, <laughs> I mean, didn't you accidentally drop your iPod in? No, no, I dropped. I I sent my iPod through the wash. Okay, that was through the oh. wash. Never mind. Oh, that is distinctly different, but has mm -hmm. the same result. Yes, the but same less, sad, less poopy, sad <laughs> result. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. At that point, well, I wouldn't I mean, have tried to revive it. I tried very hard to revive my iPod and managed to get it mostly there, but it never ran the same after going through the wash. Not the poops. I've never close, lost though. electronics to water yet, ever. This was like the first time I'd ever lived on my own, so also mm -hmm. the same, the first time I'd ever really Did done your own laundry. laundry. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, funny. Because you know it was always kind of my mother's thing, mm -hmm. and so. Um, Don't you hate it when you leave tissues in a pocket? No, I do that with receipts. Right, you can yeah. like pieces and of then paper it becomes just like, handkerchiefs. Like your pocket is just like full of crap. Yeah, paper pulp. <laughs> mm -hmm. It sucks. Paper and it like infects the rest of your stuff too. Yep. So every once in a while you'll like put on a shirt and there's just like <laughs> a, weird a couple sliver. words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just like Ugh. for us, it's it's hairballs everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, she's a she's a hair monster. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Bird, do you have this with Ladybird? Her hair is kind of like long and wavy. Um, are we, are we no, talking like Adam's really. family? Okay, because like I will. I'm actually. I I don't like wearing socks to begin with, but I especially but don't like wearing socks. socks. I don't like wearing socks at all with her around uh, <laughs> after living with her because invariably, because I got wool socks, uh -huh. they attract the hair more than anything else, mm -hmm. and I fuse uh, with it effectively. So like I have to drag out three hairballs before mm -hmm. I can put on a sock. <laughs> I okay. I can't stand having stuff on my feet. I don't like socks and I don't like shoes. And like yeah. at work, I will instinctively like take my shoes off, and then people will be like, "Are you ready for this meeting?" And like a, three floors up, and I have to like actually put my shoes back on because I totally <laughs> forgot that I, I would take I take them off and I don't even realize I do it. Do you have like uh work uh? Do you have like work uh, flip flops or something? No, or um, I'm go. I'm probably gonna start having uh, a <laughs> change of, of shoes just for work. Cause yeah, when I was uh, when I was at uh, college, I had a pair of flip flops hmm. that I would wear. And normally I'd just be sitting around barefoot. But if I needed to go anywhere, yep, 
flip-flops on, go. Yeah. Instead I of me like, uh, having to put on my shoes. I Plus do have a pair of work shoes that are that unfortunately I need to get, uh, get them replaced. But like, you know, you know how work shoes are. They're basically not meant for anything other than looking good. Because if you walk in them for like two months, they're basically destroyed. At least that's yeah, how I learned that. Like, I learned that the hard way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you I mean like dress shoes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I had, Not I had work shoes, shoes for the in office, like, and, Boy and I would go on walks, you know? <laughs> and then they're gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember for just like looking good while I walk around the office. Oh, not childhood trauma time, uh, <laughs> teen trauma time. My first job ever, I worked at a grocery store, and their dress mm -hmm. code was dress pants, dress shirt, dress shoes. Uh -huh. And I was a cart monkey. Imagine being outside <laughs> in, like, 90-degree weather with, that like, sucks. a... Dress shirt, dress pants, dress shoes, and a tie. That's just sucks. like a self-defeating premise. I, I looked like I looked like a cart Mormon. It was awful. <laughs> a, a cart and, Mormon. Well, no, like black black pants, white shirt. Well, that's why I was saying you're black Sunday tie. best. Yeah, like I I looked. What alien I looked force like, is this? Just hand me a just hand me a little booklet and I could go proselytizing. Yeah, really. Um, but I had to work that way for like the first year, and then I quit because it sucked. And I was Have going to college, about and I came back for savior. Big, big lots. <laughs> He's come to um, deliver I, great savings to us all. I, I come back to the store. The squeaky store. wheel gets the oil. <laughs> I come back to the store a year later, and they're, uh, they finally changed their policy for, like, allowing black shoes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Most stores allow you to wear sneakers. But it was just this, like, awful backwards policy of just, like... Uh -huh. We were uh, at a at a parking garage earlier today, actually, and the attendant had to was in, like, a full suit and tie. And I was just like, mm -hmm. well, as we drove away, I was like, if I had if I had to work as a, in a garage and wear a suit and tie, I would probably quit after three hours. I would hate <laughs> the smell, maddening. the humidity of, gar yeah. of garages. It yeah, ruins your suit because just... it just smells like gasoline and humid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> terrible. Then again, I, was this, like, just a regular parking garage? Yeah. Or is this a fancy one? No. Garage. It was just a parking garage. Oh. Because I was going to say, if this is one of those, like, ones aimed at, like, rich people, and you get, like, the crazy good tips for being a valet. Uh, dude. Okay, it, was, could... it was a garage. $7 full day parking. Wow. That is... Pretty expensive, yeah. But the point yeah. is, there's down, it, it's in the middle Wait, of the city, so there you go. Seven day, $7 for full day parking? Yep. That is dirt cheap. Holy well, shit. I'm from Boston. It costs like twenty bucks for a full day parking. Holy shit! If no even. way. Yeah, that was like the shitty ones. Uh, we were we were in Boston for actually. Um, remember when we went to Magfest? Mm -hmm. Uh, some of those uh, hotels had like uh, parking garages attached to them. Right. Uh, right. you probably we we just parked in the open lots and whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, my friend had to pay. I think it was close to 20 bucks a day for that but we hmm. were doing a boston comic-con or something or maybe it was anime boston uh -huh. back when i still did conventions she had to pay like 35 bucks a, a day for the convention parking wow and yeah and it hey, was speaking it was of convention awful. when is uh when is pax west and how many people are coming i want to say uh i want to say it's uh soon right it's like in somewhere oh. between september. i think it's end of september, september? Okay, Lady Bird says yeah. September. Okay, uh, soon. Uh, I'll have to see That's if not I, soon. <laughs> we're like half a year away. Yeah, I thought it was soon. I thought it was like next month. What? No. Oh, okay. Well, if it's no. that far away, then that's not a problem. But 
I, I hope you guys, I hope you all come. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, Maybe. We, uh, I've never I, been to any convention. Uh, PAX, is, PAX is probably the best, uh, sort of, Oop. for, like, convention stuff. For buttons. Mm -hmm. So, like, part I'm of it sorry. is PAX is a very, um, mm -hmm. low, it's a very low commitment convention. Mm -hmm. You can technically, if you go on Friday, you can get through all of PAX in one day. And mm -hmm. then after that, it's just fluff. You just uh, there sprint are a couple from one parties side to that... the other and shove everyone. <laughs> well, That's the thing. We haven't really <laughs> right. attended good events. MAGFest absolutely is the, uh, is the good convention. It's to very go to intellectual, if you want, like... we'll say. <laughs> it's, it's very intellectual, but like beyond that, it's a, it's a well-run convention. It's not too packed. Mm -hmm. All panels, except for like if the Game Grumps show up or something, mm -hmm. you're pretty... You're pretty uh, likely to be able to get into whatever panel you want. You might mm -hmm. just be in the back. Uh, there tends to be good content, and the only shitty part about MAGFest is their indie game section is atrocious. There's nobody there. Yeah, I hope um, that maybe next year they have more Yeah, indie maybe. Games. I'm, I'm not holding out for it, but I also don't care that much, because it's probably going to be fun one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, but so I'm probably down for it. Uh, I'd I love gotta, to do MAGFest again see if... next year. I think that'd yeah, be a lot absolutely. of fun. Um, on the topic of parking from a moment ago, <laughs> I have something to contribute for parking. Let's hear it. It's just I always get I get really uncomfortable about by those about the uh, the parking places that don't have machines. Mm. So if they don't have oh, a machine, like, ticket machine. You like yeah. pay a guy and you give that guy your keys and you're like, did I just help somebody steal my car? Like I can't. <laughs> it, it's so it's so there's so little to it that it, it's immediately super suspicious. Because mm -hmm. I, I went somewhere for a job interview. Or to, actually, I was just trying to hand in a job application at, at a location in Sacramento when I was going around looking for my waterboard position before that even happened. And mm. I'd never had really tried to go to a, like in, in the middle of a city location before. I'm like, oh, there's no parking anywhere. You have to actually go to a place to park. Mm -hmm. Like that's a new thing for me as somebody li lived in just like the suburban burbs. places. Yeah, I'm just used to parking lots being everywhere. Mm. And yeah, I went in and I paid a, a dude. And gave him my keys. And I'm like, this is. I'm super uncomfortable with this entire premise. <laughs> like, how screwed am I if this is even slightly illegitimate? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, it's so different from just having the the usual thing where it's like uh, just a machine and you put money yeah. in and then you come back before your ticket expires and never give anyone your keys. Most importantly, <laughs> in uh, in Albuquerque, um, in downtown, there was this thing for a long time, and they couldn't do like hardly anything about it. Where they had a, a couple of just like lots that what you would do is there was a box you would just put a couple bucks in. So what people would do honor system kind of thing. No, they would they, the uh, attendants would come around and see if there was they would like collect the cash out of the box and then give you a ticket if you were parked there uh, when you shouldn't have been. But uh, what people what, would if there do there wasn't enough money in the box. Would people take the money? No, no, no. So uh, it was it was on a per it was on a per slot basis. So, oh, so there was a money box for each slot. Yeah, there was slot. a box for every slot. So, But what okay. people would do, it was completely unattended otherwise. So what people would do is they would go to those lots and they would put out little fold-out signs that said, like, event parking. Or, like, special oh. event parking, $5 so or something. A, and they would uh, just sit there and then you would pay that dude. Uh, but he was just, like, scamming everybody. Oh, and no. uh, he would just, like, collect money for, like, half an hour and then he would leave. And then, uh, and then everyone then, gets tickets. Yeah, then everyone would get tickets because they didn't put money in the box. They put it. They gave it to the scammer instead, and it uh. took it, it took them years to eventually just like 
start like getting rid of those people. Just um, get meters at that point. Get an attendant Ooh. is the main yeah, that's thing. What, that's what it Someone has to actually down be to. actually working there. Yeah, well, they were private lots. So yeah. the company that owned the lot was just like, I like money more than ethics, so fuck doing <laughs> anything about it. <laughs> like many private companies, they just wanted yeah. money. So eventually the, the, the city uh, passed like an ordinance to get them, like the, force them they had to pay an attendant to be there. But uh, I've engaged. I've engaged in my little years. my little bit of ticket fraud before, not you, like manipulating other people, but like get it uh, right. just ch- the equivalent of sneaking into theaters for ticket locations. Oh, okay, okay. Where uh, we we would always go to the local national park place, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great place just to go around because it's a cool hiking area. We'd always uh-huh. go in without paying because it was just a it's like an honor system practically. And you're supposed to have your ticket with you that you got from the machine. And we would always say that we left it in the car because we thought we were supposed to put it in the dashboard. We would just, li- and we used the same huh. lie for years. We would just always pretend to be dumb and they would always forgive us and let us, and they're like, ah, whatever, because I don't think they ever do anything. But we just always pretended that we thought that you're supposed to put the ticket in your dashboard like in a parking place when, it, when you're supposed to take it with you into the park. Oh, wait, was this a private park? State owned? What was it? Uh, I think it's a state park. Wow. So it'd be like one. There's just like one ranger wandering around, and one out of every three times you went, you would encounter them, and we would always just you, we would always just lie about the ticket. Oh, my yeah, tax I dollars! In New York, they did have some. <laughs> went to cover my your... tax dollars. Funded that one fence around that place that just sits there. <laughs> I went to cover your freeloading ass. I, I, <laughs> we can no longer be friends. It's like a couple dollars. Uh, I've had a weird experience of. You probably cost weird... me like point zero zero two cents. <laughs> I've had the weird experience of going most of my life without ever handling cash. Yeah. So whatever place expects no, it... cash out of me, I'm always like, um, what? It, <laughs> it actually makes a lot of sense in California because mm-hmm. yeah. they tended to modernize a little bit faster than a lot of other states. Right. So you never really had to go through the experience that you know other states would have mm-hmm. necessarily. That's very like, true. Uh, I, I know with Boston, it took them forever to modernize like anything, which is weird because it's a pretty modern state. It's just like uh, they they are one of the last states to get like texting while driving laws in mm. and shit like that. And it was like a huge hubbub too. Everybody was just like, "No, like no restrictions right. on texting while so driving." And it's like the thing about Boston—that's like the worst thing. The thing about Boston is you have this gigantic city surrounded by an even more gigantic amount of suburbs and basically like those two groups of people oh, yeah. always be in contention with each other and never yeah, half, agree. Half the state, half the state is like <laughs> uninhabited comparatively, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, it's like all suburbs in the Northeast. It's a lot of forest. Well, just yeah, that's New York. New York spread out a little bit, but like you get to Boston or Connecticut, it's just kind of this like awkward nightmare cluster. Well, that's because your roads don't even make sense. Oh, they're awful. I'm so glad I don't live there anymore. I misheard what you just said, Keith, as the Capulet, or the Capulets and the Romulans. No, I said that. (laughs) Oh, you did say that? Yes. Well, that's a a funny thing that you said, and I'm glad that I heard it correctly. I was sitting here thinking, like, yeah, until you acknowledged it, I'm sitting here thinking, like, someone's going to hear that in the comments. (laughs) Like, someone's going to pick up on what I like that one. I like that one a lot. I, I like so, I like Shakespeare. Star, <laughs> Star Trek and Shakespeare, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. 
Uh, so do we want to talk about games before we go too far? Because with bullshit, like, you like to talk <laughs> about Wander. Well, I mean, I well, ah. no, no, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I mean, I'm I'm playing Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is good. It's pretty fun like, looking, that's for sure. It's, it's full of bugs. It's probably the perfect Metroidvania comparatively. Mm-hmm. Like we played Ori and the Blind Forest together, and that was that was good fun. And I think Keith played Ori in the Blind Forest himself. Mm. I love it. Uh, separately. Yeah, so if you liked Ori in the Blind Forest, uh, you probably really enjoy Hollow Knight, because it's... It does feel very similar, just even it's just watching. It's so tight, mm-hmm. comparatively. Like, um, I'm, I'm currently just running around fighting things uh, to farm money, because this way I don't have to do it actually on, on stream cam or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, every... Every zone is like visually distinct and really, really fun to explore. They've got the like, they've got the the like classic thing where you like un- unlock new new means of like getting around and stuff. Uh huh. Um, but it's it's almost never like a key. It it does the uh, Dark Souls thing of like you get past a certain point and then uh, you can kind of turn around and unlock every single shortcut that you've missed or this you've like, kind locked of on the other side. Exactly, and mm. so there's like a billion of those. So by the end of it, you're just like, I can traverse the whole area freely now, and it feels really good because previously I was locked into this one little zone, and I've actually had a lot of people respond to the first episode, be like really pissy about how restrictive the uh, the level design is, uh-huh. uh, because they can't go anywhere or explore. And then um, for me, I'm just like, I'm like way later, and it just feels. So Expansive. good being able to just yeah. yeah. There's so much to like look around. Uh, one of my problems first impressions are magical. <laughs> like I've I've been watching so many weird occurrences lately of people seeing the very beginning of a game and having the complete wrong idea of what the entire game is. Yeah. Mm. Um. But well, so so how far into a game would you guys say is your breaking point for before tolerating? I stop a chance? Yeah. You can't roughly about twenty minutes. If I'm not having fun by the twenty minute mark, I'm usually giving yeah. up. Yeah, like, you can have a, you can have a personal policy, but there's no there's no true answer for mm-hmm. what how long it'll take a game to become the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's all yeah. over the place. Like the one of the weirder ones to... I've had recently was that like Let It Die. I was playing Let It Die, and for the first hour, I was doing tutorials and reading things and stuff. Somebody was like, "Is this a video game or a movie?" Like I, I, yeah. I'm sick of video games just being cutscenes and bullshit. I'm like, I'm like, and as somebody that was already like five hours into Let It Die, I'm like. That's not a complaint to put at this game at all, because <laughs> the game has like no cutscenes in it after the first yeah. intro. It's a little aggressive with its tutorialization, though. I did not really appreciate the um, just how much like it it was like kind of pushing you along with like basics. Mm-hmm. It's one of those but games that's... where it's hard to avoid it because the moment you step out of the base, you're stuck in like the actual game where shit's going down. So they have to jam all of the tutorials in the beginning and just give you the option to read it when you want to. Yeah. Because otherwise everything... In, like, the tower literally changes format from day to day. Yeah. That's oh, cool. I didn't, I didn't I know, know that. that. Yeah, yeah, so you can't put stuff in the environment because it'll it'll move. That That's a neat game that I hate the aesthetic for so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Dark Souls because it's, like, gothic-y methi- m- medieval. I like... Nio, Neo, mm. because it's, I mean, it's just, it's just feudal Japan with, like, demons and magic and shit. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. Let It Die is just, like, grunge Tokyo, but with <laughs> screaming the video people. Game. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it gets more interesting as you go along. It's a whole game but, where yeah. homeless, naked people hit each other with improvised weapons in the sewers. Yeah, what? yeah, pretty yeah. much. That's pretty much um, what the game looks like. Whereas, like Hollow yeah. Knight, across the board, in my opinion, is nailed set design. Like the first is just kind of this like basic, uh, kind of ruined looking kind mm -hmm. of. I don't know. I don't know exactly what I call it. Now but you're in like a cathedral. Yeah, area. I'm in this like gothic cathedral. That's like this uh, ruined city. But mm -hmm. it's bug I, uh, theme. okay, Bugging Keith. Bugs. The city at the end of Dark Souls One, uh, sort of before you get the. Oh, shit, it's been a long time Anor since Londo. I played Dark Souls One. And Orlando, there we go. I wanted to oh. say Lordran, but I, I knew it wasn't Lordran. I'm it like, was what? Lordran. <laughs> yeah. There's no city at the end of that game. <laughs> well, and end-ish, sorry. Yeah. It's like the major set piece. You ring two bells and then you're there. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, that know. doesn't take most people like 12 hours because we don't all watch YouTube videos and have it spoiled, Keith. Because <laughs> after that, you have to go get the four primal souls or whatever they were. And I never yeah. even beat the Kako demon or whatever the second guy was. Kakarot! <laughs> Carrot sucked. cake! The Caco demon? Oh, oh the, the, the goat guy. Yeah. The Capra demon. I did beat him. Ca I forgot about that. Oh, he sucked. Capra demon, Capra Capra demon was, got, was what got me to quit the game the first time around because that He's awful. fucking dog. Yeah. Like, the boss so itself was I, really easy. I never easy. knew the for dog. the longest time why that was supposed to be so hard because I went in for the first time blind with an upgraded claymore and uh -huh. did a horizontal swing that one-shot both dogs the moment I walked in. And so I didn't even think about the dogs and just went on to fight this weird demon monster in, in a narrow space and beat it and it was fine. And then find out later how tough it is and would even experience firsthand later. So uh -huh. it's, it's like it's one of the only fights I've ever mm -hmm. done in a video game that got harder after I've beaten the game. Because the first, the first mm -hmm. attempt was so weirdly lucky and, and mm -hmm. fortuitous that hitting it, hitting it later while overthinking it led to the problems of what actually makes it hard. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so, like, this game aces the set design really well. Like, um, it, it, I remember, Keith, you had had some complaints about, like, Salt and Sanctuary, how, how like, the level design was kind of garbagey, comparatively. Mm -hmm. Like, this does everything that Salt and Sanctuary kind of did, but I guess you're really just locked into one weapon type mm. and stuff like that, which I guess is kind of the, I don't for, know. For me, I the just, big thing with Salt and Sanctuary is just the fact that, uh, I like exploration games, but it's a 2D game instead of a 3D game, which makes it yeah. inherently harder to tell where the hell you are, which is why every game in that genre has a map, and that one doesn't have yes. a map. Yeah, this one has a map. it's to be uh, too hard. In fact, yeah. the map part of this is one of my favorite things that you get, because, uh, you don't have the map initially, you have to find an NPC who hmm. sells you the map. So you spend the, uh, the first, you know, a couple minutes of the game completely blind, having no idea where you're going and stuff like that. You don't um, need you find a map, map maker. if you make a real shooter. <laughs> um, but so you're going through everything completely blind, and then eventually you, you get access to the map. Um, but you don't know where you are on the map because you don't have a compass. So you have to buy the compass from the guy's wife. But the compass is an optional thing that you slot in uh, mm -hmm. with all your other upgrades. So it's kind of a trade-off. So, like, do I want to know where I am, or, like, do I want this thing that makes it so I fart death clouds whenever I get hit? <laughs> um, it sounds goofy, but that that one's actually, like, amazing. Um, but then from there, you have to buy a bunch of tokens that populate your map with, like, uh, where various important locations are. And mm -hmm. if you don't do that, um, if you don't do that, you know, it's just kind of a pain in the butt. But 
like it sounds kind of tedious and grindy to get this stuff, but it's it's one of those that because you have to grind to some degree to get these, and really you just get money for free, just running around fighting things. As long as you don't die and lose all your shit, you're good. Um, but uh, because the because it kind of gates gates this, you uh, your kind of exposure to everything is is limited, so it feels like you're really exploring. And by the end of it, uh, actually, at the beginning of this podcast, one of my uh, one of one of my fans popped in to say, "By the way, if you double tap the map button, it brings up the whole map." And I open it up, and it's just like, "Oh my god, now I understand where everything is now," <laughs> and it feels so good, especially when you get like that shortcut because you know there's a shortcut there, but you haven't known like how to get to the other side for ages, and then you get to it, and you're just like, "Yes, all right, now I can get back from here." And um, it doesn't do the uh, Dark Souls 2 thing where you can just teleport from every bonfire. Uh, There's specific like uh, rail stations that uh, called stagways that you can uh, that you can take, and they're scattered all over. But there's only a couple of them, so you kind of have to like pace it out and like figure out where you want to take the stagway in from. Because mm. if you take the wrong way, it might be a long walk after you die. Um, and it just I don't know. It just feels really good at uh, completing the map and like getting this. This, I mean, just quality exploration feeling down. And then, obviously, there's a ton of, like, weird secrets and bonus zones that you go back, you know, with the Metroidvania power-up. So it's like, now you have wall jump. Now you can go get X. And I did that, and I was thinking, I'm just going to go farm for money. And then there was a secret boss hiding on the other side. It murdered my face. That was one of uh, the really rough things about Salt and Sanctuary is that the, that whole genre always has a map. And then you get your powers that unlock new things, and you're like, okay, I'll go prodding around all those places where there's, like, parts where the hallway clearly dead ends where I couldn't continue. And in Salt and Sanctuary, you're like, oh, cool, I have the power to wall jump now. Where do I use that? Yeah, this, <laughs> you're this like, one's I don't even, super... You're at a point where you don't even know what your loose ends were, and you're like, I guess I'll just mm. replay levels randomly. <laughs> yeah, Metroid Prime was like that. You had to go back and just recall... Oh yeah, I could blast this thing that I was. This, this one's super obvious where there those should are pop because up his icons in your map. there aren't too many of them. Yeah, but Ori did that really, really well actually, showing yeah. off the uh, like all your loose ends. Like yeah, you'd see like this why I was... really obvious wall thing, and then you'd know like I... oh yeah, there you go. That's why I brought up Ori in the Blind Forest before I brought up Sultan Sanctuary or Valda's mm. story. Yeah, because it it feels like. You take Ori in the Blind Forest's, like, exploration, but uh -huh. combo it with, like, actual tight Metroidvaniaing as opposed to, uh, just really good platformer with Metroidvania elements. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm really impressed, and I'm just kind of constantly surprised that nobody seems to give a damn about this com game comparatively. It's just, the one that... it's not a great time to come out as a video game. Oh, yeah, it's an awful time. Yeah. I Like, I'll I... just compete against, you know, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and, you <laughs> know, I don't know, a video game console Breath launch. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Is, no, it, it's, on, it's is a... it on the Switch? It will be coming to the Switch, yeah. Because, like, oh, launching on the Switch, not, if, it, if, it did, if it doesn't launch on the Switch, it's kind of a missed opportunity for its launch, because yeah, obviously that's... I don't know if they're the, launching it on the Switch. Because uh -huh. if, uh, if, you, launch, like on, if you launch on the Switch, then you are riding One on the, the hype of the Switch, but if, hmm. you are, if you're launching a counter to the Switch, then you're competing with the Switch. <laughs> Which, admittedly, <laughs> Nintendo console that... launches aren't the best thing mm. ever, but you're an indie game. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, launch indie games for the Switch, though, uh, Has Been Heroes is something you might want to look into. I played it at PAX South, and it was really good. Mm -hmm. like, and by the way, speaking of uh, rough launch times, 
at the same yes. time as Horizon Zero Dawn is the 1.0 launch of of Torment, the yeah. sequel to Planescape Torment. I, I saw oh, that. They're and making it was just a like, sequel to Planescape Torment. Well, it's, it's been, been early an early access for a while, for, but they yeah, put a launch like date a year. the week before the Switch. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. Wait, now wasn't Planescape Torment? Didn't they have the same uh, style of filmography that Mist did at one point? No. Uh, that was no, a Baldur's Gate style top people? down thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like. Pillars like of Eternity and yeah. Oh, but it didn't have cutscenes because I thought I remember seeing nope, something. Very like you're thinking of something else, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, honestly, just on the topic of uh, poor launch times, I have to comment that Horizon Zero Dawn launching so close to Breath of the Wild is it's probably a huge iffy. mistake. Your open world run around with like just retro launching together. Weapons. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, like I personally, I'm looking forward to Horizon Zero Dawn more than Zelda, just because. Mm-hmm. Zelda games can always be a little bit fiddly, and the plots are kind of non-existent. And I'm like, Horizon Zero Dawn looks like it could actually be really good, mm. but um, they're, that launch, they're so close together, and that, like from my perspective, they look so similar. It's just like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> pace it out, it's man. Strange, in, yeah. In Zelda, don't they have giant mecha monster like magical constructs? thing going on too they kind of do they also do the open world thing that you're exploring hmm. and climbing and shit and you're crafting resources and yeah like I, a lot of a lot of games go with the like uh different audience argument basically and this specific case though feels like it might be a very similar audience <laughs> so i don't know why they're coming at like the same time hoteling yeah. man if you're gonna compete just compete directly i guess it just bothers me because there's so many times where like there aren't games coming out that like mm-hmm. I kind of understand I, from like I don't know a, how um, you've ever found those times because I've I've been looking for them <laughs> I need them sometimes uh well Keith, okay the so trick is I'm to not drowning. play thirteen games every every single well, day well no 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 <laughs> well I do the same thing it's just I play shorter games than Keith does mm-hmm. or I'm also willing to quit games if I don't like them whereas Keith is very very uh, staunch about for his me must going into everything. why a game sucks is fascinating. Mm. <laughs> for me my my problem is if it sucks too much it's just like i have i can't bring myself to play it anymore oh no uh, i will I only... spite my way straight through final <laughs> fantasy 15 and i and did you have no one to blame but yourself and some people were mad at me and some people were super somebody into actually it. left <laughs> somebody actually left like a really really in-depth comment uh comparing and contrasting final fantasy 15 and xenoblade chronicles x mm. um and how Xenoblade Chronicles X was the better game. And I was oh, reading it and I was that. like, he's right. It which might is be weird a better game. I don't know. All I know is I can't look at Xenoblade Chronicles because I it's hate too anime. what I hate what everyone's wearing. There's uh, a woman that is wearing like a checkered board dress where old where hat where one of the tile types is just naked skin. And I'm like, what the fuck is that clothing? I yeah, I can't wow, that's I can't, that's a little much. I can't yeah, Wait, view as any of my protagonists. Or was that Tails? I... Uh, no, that was that was Xenoblade. That was one of the things that you could have a person wear. Are you thinking X or X uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two? Because I don't remember the checkerboard thing, but it's been a while. I put out all of my I've people never in. Uh, two. I remember oh, seeing that. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles Two is coming out on the Switch in oh, a couple no, months. No, I'm talking about the one that's out. The one that where yeah. they were like, you know, Xenoblade. We're gonna make this game that's just not Xenoblade and call yeah. it a sequel. Well, now they're making a sequel, which has nothing to do with the first one, which is also super confusing. But whatever, you see, another I one. The so that they just outfit, don't. But it was in a different game. So this this series just doesn't want to make sense, basically. 
Yeah, well, it's made by the guy that made Xenogear and Xenosaga, so, so like... Th- so, Shell, the checker thing's common. Like, I'm playing Tales of Berseria, and I have a party name, member named Magilu that has, like, a pink and black checkerboard dress, and uh, uh, Re- Resident Evil Revelations 2 had a girl that had, like, check- checkerboard, like, leggings and stuff like that, but yeah, in Xenoblade, there was a person where they just had half clothes, half not clothes, and a checkerboard pattern. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Ew. Right, right, and I saw this one, but it was in, what was that game that you were playing? It may have been a Tales game or something. There was a kid in a town, and there, hmm. <laughs> I was only there for, I really was only there for two down. episodes. JRPG starting in the village somewhere. <laughs> oh, Star Ocean. Maybe a little bit of it innocence. Star Ocean. Star yeah. Yes. Wow, he identified it. Oh, yeah. no, Star Ocean's what I'm thinking of. I hate it. Yeah. I think that's the yeah, one, that's where, the like, one. I, where I'm like, I can't look at this game. I can't look at this yeah. for even a second. Yeah, that one was terrible. And that one was, the girl. that one was kind of this, like, interesting mix of just, like, this could have been good if they had actually bothered to develop it instead of co-developing two Star Ocean games at the exact same time. Um, yeah. Is Xenoblade, you could have all your characters look like um, Spartans, which was really second. cool. Xenoblade Chronicles was the one with the fucking potato that you kept trying to yeah. eat, but never got eaten. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that one. Yes. Oh, yeah, Star Ocean is the one. Star Ocean was yeah. the one where I couldn't look at it for two seconds. Xenoblade was the one where I looked at the combat and was like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. I this actually, looks like, I actually it looks, liked it looked the, like it was, an MMO. It was kind of a. It, d- it did look exactly like an MMO. It was kind of a fun game to watch, though, for sure. I'm not sure what it was like to play. But watching it, uh, I was like, "Yeah, I can, I can put this on in the background." While the I combat was actually really good stuff. to some degree because the mm-hmm. the point of it was like stacking different status effects to like knock enemies over and shit, and mm-hmm. it, that was actually way more important than the previous game because you had to knock over the robots to even kill them because they were immortal otherwise because they had like human souls and shit in them. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so the, for, for me, the important I, thing I was just Numenera as uh, wasn't it a tabletop game? Shell. I have no idea. They, Shell. Have, I have no they idea. They have a tabletop role-playing game for it. Shell. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade was good. The problem is the the uh, the plot was so patchwork; it was hard to get into. Uh, yeah. Because it it did the Final Fantasy thing, but I now that I've played Final Fantasy, they did it better than Final Fantasy to some degree because it was patchwork, but like. Oh, it was God. cohesive, mm. and have, have we gotten co- into Final Fantasy fifteen at all? <laughs> I, I think we have. did we after we reached the plot uh, point part, as opposed to just our general. I, I think we just talk- kind of passed over it, being like yeah, mostly talked about the weird about it. open world stuff, but not the plot nightmare. Whew. Yeah, that's because it gives. Stuff I, away. Short version of Final Fantasy is like here's this open world. Okay, it doesn't matter. Here's a couple of plot cuts cutscenes that made are important. Two okay, games. that doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's a couple of like points where you have to do fetch questy shit. Go into dungeon and get these cool, uh, cool king swords, but they don't matter either because you, you never really have to do. use them and it's just kind of like the MacGuffin that you have to get. Okay, mm-hmm. now that you go, now that you've done some of that stuff, now go here because mm-hmm. this is where the plot starts. But here's a vaguely unexplained cutscene set of cutscenes where all the interesting shit happens off camera. Your love interest dies, and then you're angry, and one of your friends is blind now. The, you're welcome. And it's just like, what? <laughs> so, the it's a game where everything happens off camera. 
And what was really baffling to me is people were like, what, what's wrong with stuff happening off camera? It's like, well, then why am I watching it? <laughs> like, <laughs> at some point. Let me play as those characters. I don't want like, to play as you like, have to, like so you could play this video game, or you could crack you, open a beer. You basically have to look up a synopsis to figure out what's happening in the game ha half the time, like just to <sighs> spoil the game at this point. Like the freaking, uh, so like throughout the entire game, you're constantly being, antagon being antagonized by this empire, and so it, if unless you like carefully read some sort of weird mystery things, like you would be, you most likely as a player are going to think that the antagonist of the game is the empire, and your goal is to stop the empire. Like that mm. seems like a very reasonable conclusion to draw. <laughs> like you're gonna go, you want to marry your, you want to marry your fiance and stop the empire that keeps attacking you all the time, and that, that's reinforced by the fact that the the empire separates you from your, your fiance, kills your fiance, kills your dad, kills your entire kingdom off camera, kills your dad off camera, kills everything off camera. So you're like, okay, <laughs> so the bad guy's the empire. Let's stop the empire. Then the empire dies off camera. <laughs> it, it, he's not kidding. The Empire dies off I mean, off technically, dad, dad gets killed by the Empire okay. on the movie, so yeah, go watch the camera. movie. But yeah, off-camera game-wise. They even That's showed, like, cutscenes. They did, like, wow. a montage from the movie you in the game. You arrive at the Empire, and the Empire has fallen. And you're like, well, yes. that would have been cool to see. Mm. What the fuck's happening? That would have been game. really cool to have a hand in, maybe. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. you just arrive there. I'm like, they, they've been antagonizing me the entire game, and they're already gone. What? What am I doing in this game? It, and it at some point, like some... the game Sorry? has so many freaking MacGuffins, you can't tell which ones are matter anymore. At some point, unless you do research about what the plot of the game is, because like you're collecting 13 royal arms, but you're also getting the you're getting the approval or blessing of like the six gods, but you also have a, of a you also have your father's sword, and you also have a magical ring, and you can't tell what any of them are collectively supposed to do or what your goal is without doing like background lore research. Like this is a Dark Souls game. It's mm. it's really hard to understand how this game happened story wise. Like ha like it's it's a great test on this game and Suicide Squad are great tests for people uh, trying to figure out whether or not people understand what a good story is fundamentally. Because the people that support that game and Suicide Squad are both people that, like, genuinely don't understand concepts of story structure or even telling a story and just mm -hmm. accept anything. Because the, the thing about Final Fantasy XV is it doesn't really have plot holes. Once you figure out what the hell's going on, on paper, the story doesn't really have, illog it doesn't really have like, logic gaps and plot holes. It's just a terrible story that's terribly told. <laughs> but do you know what it does? It just, it takes away all agency from the main protagonist, which does Oh yeah, he just ping-ponged from, like, yeah. spot to spot, yep. being sadder and grumpier repeatedly. And to be fair, of all of the Final Fantasy characters, he's probably the one that had the most cause to be sad and grumpy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Of all of the Final Fantasy games, he's the one gets, that gets the most amount of shit for it. Like, his fiance dies, and one of his friends corners him on a train, being like, what the hell You need to grow up and just stop being you've sad ever about things. <laughs> and it's like, literally, this poor kid has spent his entire life building up to, like, effectively be a civic slave. And, I mean, like. I feel like the bulging host had a pretty sad backstory. <laughs> To his his business. <laughs> okay, that's an in joke that should stay stay in bird bird bot shenanigans. Okay, no, let's what, let's explain the joke so Keith's no, with us on that one. One question though, one question though. What manner of creature is making the host bulging? It's himself. The host is bulging. He himself is the bulging one. <laughs> Wait, you interrupted he made himself that he way. was he starting to explain to the in joke and you interrupted his explanation to ask him to explain the in joke. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So the bulging. So this is like you should explain this, and you're like, wait, 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 explain this part. I'm like, but. I know that they saw something in a game. Yes. Okay. So, but Keith doesn't know that. The audience that hasn't watched Pixel Perfect Tears doesn't know that. Shell. Fine. I was planning on just coasting right on this point, but I'm glad to bring this train okay. record rolling. <laughs> so, the bulging host is an in joke the bird and I have from Pixel Perfect Tears because we're watching this dumb cutscene, and then just this like slug monster comes scooting <laughs> over just to say hi, and, then and it just scoots back off camera. Yeah, it like paused for a second and like started it, scooting away. Being like, whoops, sorry to interrupt. Because <laughs> normally the game is totally frozen while you're doing cutscenes, but apparently that's only for things on camera. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so from our perspective, it's just this like really goofy thing. Uh, but then we kill it later, and its name's The Bulging Host, and we're talking about, like, uh, we had just been talking about, like, what if Titus was, like, super macho? <laughs> and so that devolved into a conversation about... What if we replace a character from anything with the bulging host? And mm-hmm. so Titus with the bulging host, Scooby Doo with the bulging host. It was, it was good stuff. Okay. Anyway, uh, a gold of tears to get the funnies. It makes yeah. me think of how I've been playing Yakuza Zero and I encountered an NPC called Walking Erection. <laughs> what? Yep. Uh... Yep. <laughs> that was his. That was when it, when the text popped up for his for him to talk. The little name above it was "Walking Erection." I'm like, okay, who named huh. them? Why named them? So he was like, well, it wasn't completely unfitting because he was a guy running around town in his underwear. He literally tours back and forth between like the phone call center for dating girls and the like softcore porn VHS tape thing where you watch girls take baths fully clothed. And all the other vaguely, huh. like, not porn and not prostitution forms of pr- porn and prostitution that were in 80s Japan. And he just does that all day. And he's called The Walking Erection. And that that that, that game is a thing. <laughs> By the way, that's a great I, game. <laughs> that's a at great some point, game. you're going to have to explain the Yakuza series to me. Because I, like, I see cutscenes from it. And I just don't get it. It's such a great game. So Yakuza 0 is the only one I've played so far. And it's fitting because it's the beginning of the timeline. It's a prequel to all the other ones, hmm. which is perfect because you meet the characters when they're starting out. Uh, so it starts off as a like a serious, like carefully directed mafia drama, basically. And it's directed by a guy who makes Yakuza movies. Like that's they brought him on board for this movie. That's like that's how well made it is. Like it's great writing, great direction. Like like tons of facial animations and careful tone and camera angles that are like look like they're just done by an actual cinematographer that knows what knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. And like a plot where like every time you go halfway through a mission, your entire idea of where the story is going has changed, but not in like a ridiculous way, but in a natural way. That's that because it's just an interesting story full of uh, tosses and turns. The way that, mm. like, the way that it has to be if you're going to make a, a an extended a crime story that takes place in on a, t- on a TV show or a game as opposed to a movie. Like, it has to have tons of things going on. Mm. It's and it's a super engaging story, and your character is all stoic and serious, but like feels like a real person. Then you get to the open world segments. Where you can sing karaoke, and you sing mm-hmm. karaoke, and a full-on music video featuring your characters playing on the screen, and he's still stoic and serious on his face with like his like crazy samurai eyebrow like grimace and everything, but like <laughs> singing an amazing rock ballad while everyone's covered in color, and like you'll see a guy, like your character will be a, like you'll be playing as the most hardcore brutal dude, and you'll be doing like this 
this like happy sassy Gucci maraca dance around <laughs> song and stuff and is you it can in English go, or Japanese? You can go to discos and you'll be like doing serious discoing. <laughs> and uh it's uh the whole game's in Japanese voice acting yeah. mm-hmm. with English subtitles. Uh they tried apparently they tried to do the first game in English way back in the day. And that's the only one time they ever did it. But apparently, uh, the guy that played one of the major characters was uh, uh, not Heath Ledger, um, Mark Hamill. So, Speaking oh. of serious so jo- discoing, so so, so Joker, yeah. Joker voice was in Yakuza One. Hmm. Uh, but like Somebody you'll go around, hack. And, yeah. It's a straight up plot point at some point that your protagonist is just so cool that he emanates cool to anyone walking around him. <laughs> And it's uh, reg- it's regularly the, the actual plot of side quests, <laughs> and the side That's quests are so like you. Do you have like little children coming up and saying, "Teach me your ways"? I want like to be the guy too. So some of them are era like era pieces, and so one of them is they have a quest called the da- called Damned Yankee. That's based on uh, actual bandit that happened around the era where it's a bunch of preppy, awkward, like nerdy guys that got in, got together and made a band, but they got mm. like a they got like a proper like punk audience, and mm. so they're all prissy and awkward and they don't know what to do because they're gonna they're gonna have their first ever Q and A panel and they they've all, until now they've only just done the shows and they have this huge punk audience but they but they're not punk at all. And so they, they don't they don't know how to appeal to their own demographic because they've it's like the equivalent of like a insane clown posse where there's like an actual specific demographic of people that call themselves something that are all dedicated to this one band and has like an aesthetic and an attitude and they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, as awesome Kiryu dude, because you're the most mm-hmm. awesomest, is you're going to tell them how to be awesome so that they can be also <laughs> so, and you'd have to do you have to play their strengths and weaknesses and figure out how to get them through a panel without losing their audience. Holy and shit, that's it, awesome. It's so funny. And it's so well written, huh. like almost shockingly well written, even though it's translated. Like the translations like I need to, like, I need to play this game. Double well this written. sounds amazing. And and if you get into it, you have like seven games to play. <laughs> because they're coming True. out Yakuza <laughs> six this year. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Are, that are they on awesome. like PS three and they're, the they're, they range from PS two to three. Ooh. So is there yeah, like a collection that's or the rough thing is place I think yeah. Yakuza two and three or uh, I think one two and three are only on PS two but wow. but one that's is being rough. remade so zero came out this year one is mm. coming out this year as a remake mm-hmm. and I think two you're still stuck on and I don't know I don't I don't know where three is but four five, and five and Dead Souls which is the zombie mm-hmm. spinoff uh, are all on PS three. And then on PS4, they're coming out with... Uh, they already have Zero. They're coming out with the remake of One. And then later, they're going to have Yakuza 6. Mm-hmm. And frustratingly, there's a, there's a Sengoku-era Japan Yakuza game that is the exact same characters, but as historical figures going around as samurai with the same ridiculous tone. And oh it's only God. Japan. It's only in Japan. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, no. And it's not translated to English in any format. So it's like, no, how but come, I want it. <laughs> how come nobody's ever made a game where you play as like an over-the-top like George Washington or something like that? There's an Assassin's Creed 3 expansion where, where he's yeah, like okay. crazy kind of. becomes an kind evil of. tyrant. <laughs> no, it'd be it'd be amazing to play like there there are like hardly any games at all based in the Revolutionary War period. That yeah. aren't like it's probably it's hard to systemize sims. some of the mechanics without supplanting something over it, basically, yeah. or making an RTS. Well, also, if they want to include prominent figures in history, they have to dance around the fact that there are set dates and circumstances behind events in their life, and that's true. Around it, 
But or you can just people also show that shit and just don't actually make sense. <laughs> I was gonna say people yeah. could all people also expect like T Rexes and Stegosauruses to be next to each other. Yeah, so or next to people. We could just have it be like <laughs> like Abraham Lincoln high fiving like a baby Tom like a Thomas Jefferson <laughs> or something like that. Remember that it one time that Abraham Lincoln hugged Martin Luther King? <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> 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 you could just make a fighting game of like Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, Mozart, just like all of history's greatest like figures. Yeah, people, memorable figures. Not mm-hmm. even like good at what they do figures, just people that are remembered like Taft as yeah. this like <laughs> enormous corpulent man, even though Taft was like. Nowhere Apparently, even close I learned to that. That, that Taft was actually considered incredibly charismatic. Really? Which, I, I mean, he was, a, that. he was a president. That's often yeah, a sign of charisma. Okay. <laughs> Damn well, good of point. All the, so our, our college had a little library of documents from each president, like mm-hmm. their, in their handwriting, whether it was a signature or a letter and such. And I believe I was reading the one for Taft. Mm-hmm. And his was interesting because it was just a correspondence with one of his friends. And mm-hmm. by the end of his letter, uh, they were arranging a date to have tea or something. And he's going, oh, yeah, and I do apologize for um, for the poor quality of my handwriting. I stubbed my thumb the other day and ki- can't quite hold my pencil. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is this is fine enough cursive. I mean... Mm-hmm. For goodness sake, you know, you don't need to be self-conscious about your handwriting. What would his handwriting look like otherwise? Yeah, President but... Taft, you don't need to feel bad about yourself. <laughs> you just You'll need to come out of your shell, for President anything Taft. moderately embarrassing or anything. People won't continually uh, Taft, only... Taft is only... Uh, Taft is only half as well known as he is because his last name like rhymes with the word draft or something. I think it's just an easy one to Well, Taft is memorable because he fucked up a lot of shit right before, like, kind of... He was, like, uh, Great Depression era. So, like, he messed up a lot of shit. He was not Great Depression. Taft was way before, like, Harding and all those people. No, no, no. He was, like, prior to Great Depression. Like, that's that was part of it. He... Oh, you know what? No, you're Taft right. I'm thinking of Hoover. Taft was the president from like 1905 or something like that. Yeah, you're right. I, I was, was thinking before. of Hoover. Mm-hmm. I get Taft and Hoover confused because they're both known as uh, fat presidents. Oh, yeah. No, Hoover, Hoover so, was horrendous. Hoover was a horrible president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but Taft is known as the fat president. Yeah, That's true. Well, that's because of the tub. It, that's yeah. yeah, but I, I think both Taft and Hoover were quite overweight. And so like... if. Because I don't really see the portraits that often. Mostly, I just see is the caricatures well, of like what they Garfield, look like. Well, Garfield, too. He had non-consecutive turns. Oh turns. yeah, I thought you were talking about the cat for a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shell's <laughs> making another leap of logic to the talk about the president who hates Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. really confused about the trajectory of this conversation. How did we get here? Let's talk about Garfield. Let's talk about Garfield. No, 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 no. I'm putting the kibosh on presidents for a while. I lost the thread. Uh, yeah, how about how about we go to question and then maybe Questions. consider wrapping this up? So question, what game did you play after minutes. hearing it was bad, but you ended up liking a lot? Oh, I think I have an answer for this one. Let me see. I need to scroll through my Steam library to, to remind myself of what it is. Well, he's reminding him of, of that... I want to just read this question aloud. 
When, mm. where will I see this question on YouTube? If the answer is not on Wanderbot's channel, please notify Wanderbot's audience, please. Okay, are gonna you going to do that thing that I suggested? Is that the no, question? I'm just gonna move. No, we're just not going to answer it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how do you, uh, I don't even know what the answer is. You're watching yeah. it right now. I, I, and if you're not, yes. you don't, and then if, you, if you're not oh, watching this, you still don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Keith. Uh, the answer is yeah, yes. I honestly, I, I don't <laughs> have an yes. answer for it. No, no, I'm still thinking about the previous one. I don't think I have oh. a good answer oh, for okay. that. People, for a game you uh, thought was going to be bad. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of games uh, that Conan. pleasantly surprised me. Yeah, well, I mean, Conan was only good because you and I made it funny. Um, this is true. Mm. I, I think I it, know mine. One of the issues okay. here is that it's hard to find a game that's known for being bad that turns out to be good because we have the opposite problem They're usually problem known for being video. bad for a good reason. Well, oh, well that, I mean, like, video games have the opposite problem with criticism, which is that usually everything gets more praise than it should, and everything gets off easy critically. So it's hard. Yeah. It's rare to hear things are bad in the first place unless it's really bad. Yeah. Like, Resident Evil had to really fuck up before someone finally called one of their games bad. Mm hmm. Like I, I guess my easy, my easy one is I actually really like uh, No Man's Sky still. Like it frustrates me because they totally fucked it up. But like, I really do like that game just for the like relaxing exploration element of it. But I, hmm. I totally understand that it's terrible. Shell had one. Uh, well, I'm thinking back at least to Nintendo 64 era games. And I would have to say that, you know, some of the odd fighters, like the Xeno Warrior Princess fighter and such, and how they weren't the best games, and graphically they were pretty poor, but there were just some funny things you could do in them, and the way that the characters would jeer at one another. I mean, I hadn't seen too many episodes of the series, but I, I really got the essence of many of the characters from it, and it was interesting, some of the combos you could do. I'm forgetting which one was. Oh, you could actually play the boss character if you. Yeah, your brother showed me that game. It looked terrible. Uh yeah. I mean, there were instances where you can stunlock people, and that was pretty. They bad. just didn't look good. Right, right, but it was enjoyable. I liked going through the campaign mode because, depending upon which character you played, their conversations with their opponents would change. So hmm. they had their own personal goal and their own personal story that was told with each battle, which I suppose is sort of formulaic when it comes to fighters, because that's all you can really do. What but game was this? I was jamming a slinky in my eye. The Nintendo 64 Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, it was just a wow. fighter game. Okay. You know. <laughs> yeah. Shell, Shell likes old bad games from her childhood. The well, we all old do. bad games that weren't from her childhood. <laughs> She hates, mm -hmm. but well, it, it's the same with movies. Though I find that there are she's, many mo more movies. She's that super are intolerant bad. to old bad things that other people liked that she she didn't like as a kid. And you mm. go back and watch them, and she's like, "This sucks." And it's just like, "All right." <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, and wait. then she's like, "Come love the thing that I love." I'm like, "I don't want it anymore." Oh. <laughs> Shell's like the only valid nostalgia is my nostalgia. Shell Shell's a hater. Wait, hey. Oh, oh, that's a that is a strong accusation to level at somebody. Well, my my beef with 
with Wander is that when I try to show him my favorite 50 sci-fi films, they're he gets, awful. He gets bored of them. They no, are bad. They were considered classics. They're, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, classics. They're I on, don't care about your classic they classics. They're on the lists of movies that you have to see before you die. No, I don't you know care those about those lists. They're always wrong. Yeah. Classic denoting rocks composed of broken pieces of older rocks. <laughs> Can, okay. you, you, can you just not like 50 do that again? That's how, you knew, that's how you old sci-fi that is. Ahead of it's time, it's right? old pieces of old sci-fi. There was an era okay. of sci-fi movies where it was always made of pieces of other sci-fi movies, basically. The like only they would just 50 sci-fi concepts constantly. I've ever seen was Mystery Science Theater 3000, 50 sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only stuff. way I'll watch old old things generally. Oh, yeah. They make fun of them. Yes, that's the point. Because <laughs> it's all funny. There's an entire era where movies look like that scene where Kirk fights a dinosaur really slowly. <laughs> and then fires a rock at it with a bad bazooka. Professor, can you study the sample from the lab? Well, my instruments tell me that this sample came from Mars. Commercial break. Zooms in on the guy's face, just like... Intense. <laughs> See, I like I, I like the uh, that no, slow zoom in amuses me. Cinematography's fun though. It is. What what weird parody? I was watching a weird parody movie of like one of those a while back, and they had it where the mm-hmm. zoom in kept going and going, so oh. it, like zoomed in, and they were using like a really good camera, well, so you could, could like you could pores? see his pores. Yeah. Oh. It was gross, but that was the point. I think they do a dramatic <laughs> zoom in Spaceballs where they hit the person with the camera. Yes, that was also oh, yeah. great. Uh, I, well, I think they hit Darth Helmet. It with was it. Dar- It was yeah. It was Dark Helmet. Oh. <laughs> That game, that that movie was a masterpiece. Oh, I love that movie. I did. Hey, yeah, you did the once. key thing where you called a movie a game. I didn't yeah, laugh I, a single I, time I when I watched Spaceballs. Well, that's because you're I've dead inside. I, I like comedies. What? No, I've never I, seen it, Shell. For some reason, never it had no impact Spaceballs? on me. Nope, never seen Spaceballs. Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, realistically, rewatching it now that I'm older, I'm like, this is actually just dumb. Maybe Spaceballs is an example of that earlier question of an overhyped thing, and then I see it, and then I'm like, yeah. Like, Spaceballs and Princess like, Bride. Scarface I, last I finally weekend. see it, and I'm like, huh, it's fine. I think part of it is, like, Rick Moranis made that movie, like, a thousand times better. Rick Moranis and the guy that was Yodar, or whatever his name was. Because he's oh, the, he Mel was Brooks. the, like, yeah, Mel Brooks. Who was, he was the Jewish guy in Princess Bride, too, right? He's, he's the director. Was it? I don't know, whatever. I'm trying I to remember. Where I watched Princess Bride and it was. It, I felt like I was just waiting for quotes to come up. Yeah, <laughs> it's such an overquoted movie. It's like, yeah. I can't wait for you it. It's just inconceivable. Or Moral, prepare types. to die. You killed my father. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and I uh, something of a lo- of unregular size. Uh, I don't believe in a thing or whatever like that. There's so many. There's too many. <laughs> there's too yep. many overquoted lines. We got any other quick questions? Bird, have you seen uh, the Goonies? If not, I'll disown you. No, I've never seen the Goonies. Bye. On, on the, I, I've seen I the could Goonies not, I actually quit watching the Goonies midway through. <laughs> I was forced I to watch the it. Goonies twice by my 8th grade math teacher. That's a oh, movie that's... about a bunch of kids that never stopped screaming, and I actually got a headache, <laughs> and I left. And I couldn't watch the movie anymore, because they're just screaming the entire film. Hey, to be and fair, not... one of them's fat. And I'm not, I'm so it's not like Japanese voice value. acting where it's just like they're shouting their line. I mean, like, there mm-hmm. are countless scenes in that movie where it's just six kids in a room all screaming at the same time about <laughs> yep. different things simultaneously. I'm like, I can't, I can't watch plus this movie. Maybe, plus maybe a couple it. extra non-kids that are also screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But for me on on the bad game thing, like all I can really think about is like a case of like the internet over damning a, a thing because of controversy reasons, and then I'm like, yeah, but the game's fine. Which for like, um, me that that was DMC Devil May Cry. Like that is a good video game. Like if you look at yeah. it in certain ways, you might get mad at it or something. But like it's a solid video game to play through, and it's that's it's it has good gameplay. It might I don't know if it's exactly what people wanted or what, and I know people got mad about obvi- a number of things, but it's just it's a good product. They made a good product and it's fun. <laughs> but that game was also critically received well, I believe. So it's like it's just mm. whether it was just internet ruckus going on. Uh, yeah, other than that, any like, other ear of your questions? Let's see if we can knock one more out. I got confusing yeah. stuff where I can't tell if I've asked questions before or not. Like mm. I got a case of like, uh, was it? What two genres that don't seem to work together could work if used wisely? Like FPS. Well, didn't uh, we talk about genre strategy. mixing before? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if, have, I asked, if I did this question or not. I think we talked about hmm. what our ideal video game would be and what genres we would try to DDR combined with an RPG. No. <laughs> no. No. That's called the Metronomicon. Metronomicon and uh, Before the Echo. Exists? Wait, what? Yeah, Before the Echo and Metronomicon, and there's one other that came out at the same time What's as Metronomicon. What's the original Dance Dance Revolution games? Also, like, they had a, a campaign mode or something where you were well, trying to be this big no, star. No, I mean, I probably did. But that's, was that's, just like, that's not what we're talking about. Play yeah, like, yeah. like 10 songs. Metronomicon and Sequence are the two you're talking about, and uh, they're so, actually both fairly good games. I don't know if I'll make up one, but I have a I have an example of an overlooked game that's surprisingly fun. That's a weird mishmash, which is it's a Guitar Hero crossed with walk with a it's Guitar Hero crossed with House of the Dead. Ooh, so what it's, do you huh. use an instrument to kill your foes? It's a game called Rock of the Dead that you play with Guitar Hero controllers mm. uh, or Rock Band controllers. Uh, it's a t- you can play two player co op like where you use for them. Yeah, you, you can play two player co op like in House of the Dead where you have a shared screen. The mm-hmm. two the two characters are voice acted by Neil Patrick Harris and Felicia Day, and the <laughs> okay. entire soundtrack Good is Rob stuff. Zombie, and you're Awful. fighting zombies and monsters that... and, and super monsters from like like House of the Dead style monsters and things. I was getting I was with it until you said Rob Zombie, and now I'm like I yeah can't, you're I like can't fighting you'll be anymore. fighting like House of the Dead style <laughs> bosses while Dragula plays and things like that. Well, and then uh... like weird one liners from Felicia Day and and Neil Patrick Harris. Um. It's called Rock of the Dead, and it's on the 360, and it's a weird product. (laughs) This is going to sound a little bit cliche, uh, but FPS uh, roguelikes are, like, super rare, and every once in a while... Yeah, those don't really exist. They were really common for about 18 months. No, there was one good one, and then there were several really bad ones, and that was it. Are you talking about Tower Guns? Yeah, Tower Guns is really good. They're coming out with a sequel. Which I'm super stoked for, uh, and it looks like way better in every way. But Did you like, not like beyond Fancy that, Skulls? there was Fancy Skulls was good, but it uh, it's stuck in early access hell. The developers stopped updating it. So does How the about does the Lovecraft game it. count? Eldritch. Uh, uh, Eldritch. Eh. It's a first person roguelike, at least. It, yeah, it kind of counts. Eldritch was okay. I couldn't get into it as much just because. Um, I got one. Okay. Racing game combined with a boxing game. So you're that sounds riding, like in, a, you're riding a, a race car punching one another, but that sounds like... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, you're trying to... You're either trying to race boxers 
or you're trying to box a car. It sounds like an RSI uh, game. Wait, so I was actually going to say it'd be pretty boxing. great if it was two two games that are kind of disparate crammed together. So you're a boxer, but you're late for literally every league <laughs> yeah, match because you, you drive you, from fight you, to fight. You scheduled them all the same day, and so you have to you have to drive to uh, like Grand Theft Auto driving style. Uh, from match oh my to match, God. and like the more you <laughs> like, fuck up your car, you do, like, the worse you are for the stuff. No, like, like the... I'm imagining that it's like Mike Tyson's Punch Out crossed with Dead Rising, where you have like time management, and you're sprinting from place to place and trying to get all these like escort quests done, basically. But they're boxing matches. <laughs> like, take your daughter yeah. to school and then go to the bank to drop off your $150 check. <laughs> <laughs> and so like if if you do your errands badly your boxing match is like shitty because you you you're suck late. you're tired you're all like stressed out yeah you're not wearing the right clothes so you can't like react as fast because you're still wearing like your just day clothes and shit like that this is the saddest weirdest game <laughs> <laughs> I play, play it it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like poverty sim combined with like it, it, every night ends with you getting like punched in the face. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, that's, kind of, that's kind of what Punch Club was like to some degree because it was like this weird yeah, like sim poverty game simulator. crossed with boxing, except for it really just ended up being a uh, a simulator of watching all of your hard work go to shit in a matter of minutes because the goddamn stat dropping mechanic was awful. Papers, please. I'm crossed sad with now. Pokemon. I need to come up with a happy game. <laughs> okay. Uh, one last what, short question. What's oh, not happy about papers, about please? Genres. Pokemon. No. Oh. oh god. <laughs> papers, you monster. Please, Pokemon. God damn. Mother Russia what? bleeds Katamari. <laughs> 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 yeah. All I right. Think another my, question. Oh, the, my genre. Oh. I didn't get to say my oh, yeah, genre. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, I really want to play a multiplayer puzzle game. A multiplayer puzzle that game? That will never happen. That, uh, there's Portal 2. Yeah. yeah, there's Portal 2. There's that one game about little like stuffed animal people that walk around on extra-dimensional space. I forget what's, what's called. Um, oh, on- yeah, the one in the... PS3 or whatever, I remember Yeah, that. you were little stuffed animal people and you'd walk around and you could like go over like different gravity directions and you would start on opposite sides of a course and you would like help and, each other. Yeah, the entire the, the entire point was to uh, meet each other and like kiss. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was super huh. cute. Duncan played that when there's we were a, in college. There's, a, there's also the puzzle game I played with Andrew where you can platform on top of each other, basically. Yeah. Uh, so you, you help one another up. Uh, yeah, a- another one just came out called like uh, Switch or whatever. I don't remember the n- the name of it, but like there yeah, are a number of them. But like you're common. thinking mist like, and there's never going to be like a co op mist like. No, no, no. Mm. Well, I mean, even, mist actually tried it with mist online. Even I for mean, first person adventure games, really you have, badly. Uh, Last will. Yeah, though that was. Yeah. We should actually load that up at some point and see if it's functional. Oh yeah. Yeah. Although one. I think that Little experience was compromised yeah, yeah, that, in large part by our the setup we were playing it in too though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd get another copy of it. There was cause... an entire period where I was like, "Hey guys, I figured out this puzzle. I'm just like I just want to tell you how it's working cuz like I I know I just want to tell you what this thing is real quick and you guys were arguing about something in the corner for 10 minutes and, I, and weren't <laughs> listening to me and that, I couldn't that break was like that was and then abduction. You, five minutes later, you guys tried to solve that puzzle. <laughs> I'm like, no. That was that was abduction <laughs> era of we hadn't been near each other 
like proximity wise <laughs> so we'd forgotten uh -huh. how to work together and Shell's a terrible backseat gamer and I'm terrible <laughs> no. listening to her when she's backseat gaming because I just get <laughs> mm -hmm. angry instead of listening to her how but about yeah, they're, they're definitely our puzzle, game. puzzle games did you say quap? so there's like this really hard puzzle but you're com like you're also added onto that a complete inability to control the character attempting to solve the puzzle. <laughs> no, do, you know, no. I, do you know what I'm imagining? I'm imagining so like Octodad uh, but hard. <laughs> yeah. Keith, somebody's <laughs> suggesting blind trust to us as as a response. Yeah, yeah. Blind oh. trust is technically a co-op puzzle game, but it's also uh, ten minutes long. Quadrilateral cowboy, but also like Octodad. But you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend actually attempt to make a game. Um, where you had to solve uh, a maze while being blind. It didn't work at all because he's a <laughs> terrible programmer. So, like, what ended up happening was uh, you added uh, all the sound emitters. Um, he programmed them somehow to just constantly spin through the map and go through walls. So it was the most confusing fucking experience you could ever imagine. Because you had to like follow these sound cues, and they would like go through impenetrable doors and stuff. And uh. I was just like, "What? Why? What is happening?" <laughs> I'm scared and sad. Oh wait, Trine One and Two are technically co-op puzzle games. If you don't turn on the cheat, where you can change characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Three is two. If you don't play it's, with uh, Andrew, it's like Lost <laughs> Vikings, basically. No, nah, Three is too broken though, because then well. the, the knight can just break the game. <laughs> Yeah, you're and right. That, that, and that's just part of the game. I suppose what I really, really want is what Bioware is supposedly making, which is a multiplayer you know, really multiplayer Bioware experience. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last question. Short one. Stalling. By the way, on the topic of Yakuza, I was just thinking, like, instead of everyone contributing to this really, really shady Kickstarter for Shenmue 3, where Sony's publishing the game, but they're like, give us money instead of us doing our job, they should have just been buying Yakuza games, because it's the same. Yeah. It's all the good things about hey. Shenmue. Like, all of Question. them. Uh, let's see. Question. Question. Have any of you guys LARPed? Question. Question. Have any, any of us, us LARPed? What? What? LARPed. LARPed. Uh, tenth I mean, birthday, does that count? Yeah, well, kind of once. Would you consider, like, make-believe play LARPing? Or you need to no. have, like, the D&D &D stats and stuff? Yeah, and you gotta pretend setting. you're a mighty warrior from a clan. I've definitely no, never LARPed. The like closest thing to LARPing I've ever done is laser tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, that I've is, never... Wow, you made laser tag less cool now. Yeah. You can't. You can't. <laughs> But I've had it's already to, too bad. You can, you can, and you did. Did. Man. <laughs> I mean, that's just proximity. Yeah. I mean, in a weird sort of way, an escape room is weirdly like a form of LARPing because it's like yeah. a weird, like social role playing experience. Hmm. I mean, uh, I've cosplayed at conventions, and occasionally I have to actually be in character. For mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there was the chess matches that we had and such, but sometimes a person will come up to you. And their character from a series interacts with your character, and they start doing something, and they're like, hey, you know, ooh. And you go, oh, yeah, so you want me to do this, because I'm betraying this character. Ha -ha. I guess we have to have you a know. battle to the death now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sigh. Pr pretty much. Thank goodness no Kakashi's tried ripping my heart out when I was Haku, because that would have been weird. Any day now. I mean, they'd just be going for a boob grab. I Let's know. be honest here. It'd be bad. Yeah. You never know. Uh, that special man might still be out there. 
Damn. What I mean, I could go for the boob grab right now, but I don't think that'd be exactly no, I mean kosher the heart for the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I could go for the heart rib too, but it really I just, just be like a, a literal Kakashi. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be able to get my hand through our rib cage without breaking my hand first. <laughs> and on that note, we should play Switch playing Grimdon. <laughs> <laughs> Boob grab. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> uh, you sure it's not classic? <laughs> classic's a pretty great word. Classic's a classic. <laughs> <laughs>